everybody this is uh episode 15 this is the first time that we are joined by two people not one on your quinceanera on your quinceanera when we became a oh no that's for girls when you become a, a big girl um so if you guys want to introduce yourself we can start with you jeffrey uh, I'm Army Specialist Jeffrey Cavedo. I was with the 10th Mountain Division uh, out of Fort Drum, New York, uh, 371 uh, Cap. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 371 Cap, I guess. That's, all I got. That's how I got. All right. All right. What about you, big boy? All right. Uh, Javier Sanchez. I got out as a sergeant. I was in Marine Corps from. 2011 to 2019, hurrah. Uh, I was with a couple different units. I was with uh, third tracks. I was with third LAR. I was with 2-7. That's where me and Caesar deployed. And then I went to headquarters regiment. And then I spent some time at CLB 15. And then I ended my tour in uh, third lab in Camp Pendleton. So Damn, cool. dude. I, I didn't know you were in that many units. That's fucking wild. <laughs> you were like yeah, dude, they passed me around, dude. Yeah. <laughs> A little dirty girl. So, so Jeffrey, or this question goes for both of you guys. What, what would you say uh, motivated you guys to join the military, and why did you pick that service? Jeff, I was to say. So, who's going first? Yeah, you go right. first. Um, um, well, I joined the United States Army. Obviously, the best one. Um, but <laughs> my honestly, uh, my brother-in-law. So, my sister is like five, six years older than me. Um. And uh, my brother-in-law back in the day was dating my sister, and uh, he joined. He joined as a twenty-one Bravo combat engineer in the army, and uh, he was dating my sister through basic training and um, his unit. And he deployed and all that. And and you know, I thought it was I thought it was like cool, you know, like hearing hearing like when he was in like basic training or like when he like uh, when he was deployed. Yeah. Uh, and then when he came back, obviously you saw, I guess that was like my first hand look on the effects of war and stuff. And, and, uh, it was always, it was always looked at as, uh, oh, that's just crazy regal. Cause he's a war veteran and yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's all everybody ever categorized it as. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, obviously you saw some stuff and stuff and, and he was still dating my sister and, you know, and that's when I was really getting to know him. And I'm like, dude, that'd be pretty cool, you know. Uh, ever since he went, he went even to basic training. I was like, dude, that'd be pretty cool to be a soldier in in the United States Army. Yeah. And you know, and uh, he told me, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in between. And uh, yeah, obviously he 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 deployed in uh, 0405. Uh, the he did the first raid of Fallujah with First Mardu Marines, and. Uh, Again, he 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 didn't sugarcoat anything. He told yeah, me the truth. He, so he told me he told me straight up, like, "Hey man, you need to go supply. You need to go supply. Like, oh, shit. I don't want you doing. I don't. I don't want you doing this. Like, I don't want you doing that. Like, man. Did you can can you can you be honest about this? Did you think did you did you also think like, oh, it's just a it's just a fucking the crazy the craziness that the the military or the war you know that it brings out? Did you did you also think that as well? I did, you... I did, I did think, I did think of the war, especially obviously him being, him being a part of it. Obviously, that's all he knew was, was the war. Yeah. 
So when he was like, oh, I was in combat, I did this, I did that. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, if I ever do get out of the army, I want to be, you know, a police officer or like sure, SWAT. SWAT that was always like my, my, I always wanted to do something high speed, I guess. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll go MP. And obviously my, my brother-in-law and his buddies that I talked to were like, nah, man, you don't want to go MP. Everybody, everybody makes everybody makes fun of those dudes and blah blah blah. Yeah, you want to do something safer. You want to do something this and that. You know, like you know, uh, supply. You know that we can hook us up with stuff and blah. You know, he was he was really just trying to keep me away from combat and yeah. And uh, obviously, being my brother-in-law, um, he was doing that. And and when when I got to maps and I heard the job cavalry scout, I'm like, you know what? Hell yeah, dude. Like I'll do that. You know, comms, radio, not, you know, mechanized, all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like I'm, I'm down, you know, yeah. light, infantry, light infantry, light infantry stuff, mechanized, mechanized comms, like all this other stuff that comes with it. Um, reconnaissance, obviously that's what the, the scouts were, were known for back in the day and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. That'd, that'd be cool. You know, something of everything. Yeah. Damn, you know, and, and I and I want that, and I and I want that, and I want, I want to do all that. Did that's you? What I, that's what I. That's what I chose. Yeah. Did you ever think that you were gonna go to uh, to you know Iraq or anything like that? Did you ever think you were gonna see? Oh, Canada I knew. Before? I knew. I knew it would be. It would be uh, a possibility. Yeah. Especially this was back in 2010 when I was picking all this. Yeah. And and uh, I was like, yeah, let's let's go. You know, let's try it out. Let's do it. And uh, that's when they're like, "Oh, you're gonna be um, at Fort Knox, at Fort Knox, Kentucky, for basic training, and it's gonna be OSET, so one station unit training. So you're just gonna be there the whole time." And it, it was uh, during Christmas time and stuff. So, so um, yeah. So we, it, so it was October, October fourth, October fourth, uh, two thousand ten, that I left for basic training and. And I graduated in February of 2011, mid mid February sure. sometime of 2011, and then and yeah, obviously in basic training, that's where uh, the drill sergeants were like, "Hey man, like, you know, where you know they were like E6s, E7s, and stuff." They're like, "Oh, we've done combat deployments, light infantry stuff, and blah blah blah. Like this this stuff is real. Like, yeah." Don't you don't you think it's Call of Duty? Don't you do this? And obviously, a lot of people did think it would be like easy and stuff like that. And obviously, I had my brother-in-law's experience in the back of my head. Obviously, clearly, you can't picture it anyways. But right. I had I had my brother-in-law's experience in the back of my head and his his army buddies that I talked to and met personally. And uh, obviously, I saw the effects of the Iraq war on my brother-in-law and his army buddies and stuff. And, and I went, no, this is serious. So I always took it as like, no, this is serious. Like, right. You, you know, had um, that kind of like, uh, that stupid mentality of like, Oh, we're just going to go fucking no, this, play. Yeah, war, you, never, know? you, you never took it, it lightly. Never, uh, yeah. It was never, uh, obviously at, you can ask Javier like this. It was, uh, obviously the kind of person that I am, I bullshit and I talk shit and all this. But when that came about, like, like yeah, I, again, I saw all the seriousness of my brother-in-law and his army buddies, and and uh, when uh, everybody was like, "Oh, this is my first job," oh my god, yeah, the army, I just did it to get away from the house, and blah blah blah. I'm like, mm -hmm. 
I'm like, no, I'm like, honestly, I've been wanting to join the army since I was like 10 years old, you know, since my yeah. brother-in-law came into my picture, into, into the picture. And, and I wanted, I wanted to be a soldier this whole time. Yeah. You know, you know, it's crazy that you say that is like, um, it, I, I don't know, like we'll get to, to your reason why you joined here in a bit, Sanchez, but like, uh, some of the guys that I talked to, uh, you know, previously that like you're saying, some people just don't have, you know, opportunities, you know what I mean? Like, uh, not everybody, this isn't somebody, something that like, everybody's like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Uh, this is like for me, for example, I didn't think I was going to join the military. I always fucking respected it. And I always like, I was like, God damn, you know, like these motherfuckers are, I was always like a big world war two, like, holy shit. You know, these motherfuckers put their life on the line for, you know, the right cause, obviously. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's crazy how everybody just has their own distinct reason when it comes to uh, joining the service, whether it be escaping a, a shitty ass environment, shitty city uh, where there's not a lot of opportunity uh, where I'm from. There wasn't a lot of opportunity. Uh, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for growth. Uh, college sucks. Jobs terrible. Um, it's a it's a thing where a lot of people that was a good escape for a lot of for a lot of younger kids where like where I'm from um what, what would you say uh was your reason for joining there sanchez um i guess from like a younger age i kind of always uh enjoyed the idea of the military and stuff i don't know i've uh i've had uncles and cousins and stuff who are in the military uh from like the national guard um army like the active duty army yeah. marines and stuff like that and um and then, yeah, and then as I got a little bit older, I was didn't really know much about the differences in branches and stuff. Sure. And then, uh, like, my probably freshman or sophomore year, when the recruiters are coming around and stuff, they kind of, you know, they're all peddling their shit. Yeah. And, um, and the Marines just spoke to me the most, I guess, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. I don't know. Um, the, I don't know how it was in, in every school, but for us, like, the Marines would always, like, uh, would always, like, try to recruit the athletes and stuff. And the army would just fucking anybody, 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 you know, but the Marines are always like, nah, like, we don't want you. We don't want you. We fucking, yeah. we know who we want and shit. And that yeah, they were trying to I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's completely, they, yeah. I think they have like completely different sort of like methods. It also, I think it also depends on the time frame. For example, when you join, right. Or for like when Jeremy Caldwell joined or where fucking uh, uh, Jason Menendez, who are all guys who have been on the podcast now. Uh, when they joined, it's when when shit was going down, dude. Like, people were fucking going left and right, and and you know, some people were not coming back. Some people were not coming back. You know, uh, you know, right in the head, kind of like your your brother in law, or they were coming back, but there were some effects, you know, side effects to war, as there is. Um, and I think they were just processing because I used, I used to hear stories when they were processing people fucking fast, dude. Waivers left and right, you know. Yeah, yeah and then um. But yeah, like how Jeff was saying, we have uh, one of my cousins, uh, my cousin Cecil. He's um he was 101st uh, Airborne Infantry, and he was like in the initial push to Fallujah and stuff like back in the day. So he, you know, went through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then when he came back, he obviously like had PTSD and stuff, and and not everyone in the family knew how to interact with him and stuff. And then I was still in high school, and then so like I would like you know try to talk to him and stuff, but you know I don't really know how to ask him questions you know when i was younger sure. and then after i had been in the military for a little while i kind of knew how much i'm not how much you could ask him and get away with but you know how sure. to how to talk to him how to navigate and 
and yeah, like pretty much it was like me and one other cousin that were the only ones he would ever talk to. Other than that, he would just kind of sit in the corner at the party and just, you know, be there and shit, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's tough when you don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> do, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, do you think it's like, uh, do you think it's easier to talk to people when it's uh, obviously when it's somebody that you can somewhat relate to, especially when it comes to like service members or vets uh, instead of like family members or like media outlets, for example, like we were saying earlier, when somebody puts a fucking mic in your face or a camera, it's kind honestly, of just like... it's, it's abso- absolutely, I, uh, I, I say this all the time, obviously do, with, obviously later we'll figure it out, but through my yeah. own experience of uh, counseling and all this other stuff, like, it's intimidating for a lot of people to get like sit sat down and like meet me in my office and like let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, to where like obviously alcohol and drugs will obviously affect veterans differently, but you can get a lot more out of people just shoot, shooting the shit and like having some drinks and relaxing and you know, like then it'll be like, Oh, you know, like hey man, you know, like yeah, yeah, you know, we, we talk shit all day long, you know, mm-hmm. Marines Army, but like, um, um, like yeah, you know. Uh, again, Javier, we met each other like five years ago, and obviously he he never knew anything besides the stuff that I post, and and obviously again, it is it is hard one for one for a lot of people to even ask. Yeah, you know, e- even service members, even regular civilians or whatever. And two, obviously, some people, not me, because clearly I'm a social butterfly and I, I can <laughs> talk all day, but um, it, it's it's hard for a lot of people to uh, actually talk about. Yeah. Yeah, man, honestly, uh, um, stuff like that, because again, again, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Again, again, uh, cultural, cultural norms and even who you are as a person, you know, obviously, as men, as Hispanics, as whatever, like, you know, we're meant to like, oh, be a macho, you know, dust it off, man, be a macho, like, you know, oh, oh, it's in the past, you know, like, why, why, why haven't you gone over it? Like, you should. Blah, like yeah i am who said i wasn't who said who said i was doing this it's just you don't understand this situation but obviously that's how it gets masked it gets masked on like you're not over it yet like okay well have you lost an arm or leg like have you done this like have you done yeah. that like it's easy to to un- to pinpoint or try to pick at somebody's life that you don't know nothing about and then Obviously, I'm. Everybody's guilty of that, and, yeah. And you don't you don't know what they're going through, you know, until like you see it. You're you're there. You're around it. You know. You see. You'll see me in a wheelchair, you know, at my house. Like you'll see me fall, slip, and I can't tie my shoes. I can't, you know, I can't cut meat. You know, stuff like that. Like, hey man, can you help me cut cut my meat? You know, like, hey man, can you help me tie my shoe? Like, yeah. Obviously, you're like what. Oh, oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll help you. Like, obviously, uh, what your norms and my norms, everybody's norms are obviously different. Oh, that's what. Yeah. So, so, so would you say like, uh, that, you know, just being a, being, you know, Mexican and and being a part of this culture, that's like you were saying is very fucking macho and brought and, you know, just tuck it all away, you know, fucking don't let anything come up, you know, like you're not a bitch, you're not a fucking pussy. Like, you have to put up this, you know, this front, I guess. And and don't get me wrong, like, um, I I guess I understand why, you know, because they, they they want you to be the man, they want you to be the fucking, you know, el chingon, right? 
um but would you say, yeah would you say that that made it like a little bit more difficult to kind of actually um deal with the shit that you were dealing with around your family and actually being able to express yourself yeah absolutely honestly it uh honestly like the way you took things was like if it came at you like let's just say like a rock is being thrown at you you just swat it you just keep swatting it yeah and you just keep moving forward swatting it, keep moving forward but you don't address it right you know you just you just you just take it and you keep taking it and again I, looking back at it now again almost nine years nine years after i got blown up you know i look back at it like when i was trying to sweep it under the rug one because i wanted to be strong for my family you know i wanted to be strong for everybody i wanted i wanted to show that like obviously this wasn't going to get the best of me right and then and, and then you know i was i was trying to be strong for my partner i was trying to be strong for my buddies i was trying to be strong for everybody else i guess and and for myself honestly um, I wanted to prove to myself that, you know, this, this wasn't going to take over me. This wasn't going to get the better of me. Like I'm better than this. And I, I want to walk and I want to do this. And, and, uh, uh, back when, again, I, I wasn't sleeping because of pain or because of nightmares or because of random things that would happen. I'm like, geez, why can't I sleep? Why can't I do this? Like, why can't, uh, why isn't my pain controlled? I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot. I told the doctors that there's nothing wrong with me. So, you know, so I was like lying to the doctors. I was lying to this and that to speed up my re my recovery. I was yeah. trying to to be better faster when uh, obviously it was just hurting me because that's when I was sleeping two, three hours a night, if that. And Jeez. and and uh, you think that sort of was, mindset kind of delayed your whole healing process? Like, do you think if you would have just been a little bit more open about it and more upfront with the doctors, you would have probably had a, like a, I don't want to say more enjoyable, but you know, you, you kind of get what I'm saying, uh, like a better process when it came to just dealing with the shit that you're dealing with. Honestly, it was pretty fast for the most part. My process, my healing process, recovery, almost walking process was pretty fast in general. And I guess I was just trying to speed up everything. I was yeah. trying to speed up the surgery, speed up the physical therapy, speed up all this. Like, when can I walk? When can I do this? When can I do that? And honestly, again, I was cut at my at my ankle um, when, uh, on my foot. And so I remember um, the first time I was walking uh, or I, I was t starting to put pressure on my stump, what we call it, so the end of my leg. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't put pressure on it. They, they kept telling me like, put pressure, like step, step on the floor and put pressure. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't shift my weight from my right leg to my left without it hurting so much. Jeez. And they're like, they're like, take a step, take a step. And, and I couldn't physically, I couldn't do it with the pain. And eventually I started crying. And again, what pissed me off is like, I was there crying, moping and, uh, my uh my physical therapist you know wants to tell me you know as I'm, as i'm like mid crying novella tears um um like oh i know what it's like not to walk i had a i had a broken ankle once you know yeah. and and I, was, and I was like clearly mid crying and first time stepping and everything and that's the way and and i was like how could you know like you would never know what's going on you know like yeah. you know eventually your ankle got better and there i go rolling off in my wheelchair oh yeah all pissed off rolling away that just and struck then, a nerve 
you know, I eventually ended up apologizing to her uh, the next day. And I told her, I'm like, hey, like, you know, I'm sorry for saying that. And she was like, no, I'm sorry for saying that, too. I, I realized, you know, saying that what happened. And I'm like, yeah, OK. Like, what was this physical? Was this so we're physical, good after that? We were after that. Was this physical therapist physical therapy, like yeah. a like a military physical therapist that they've dealt with this sort of thing before? Uh, it... She worked for the VA in Palo Alto. I mean, that's all oh, I know. Shit. I, I never really asked at that point, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess we can backtrack a little bit to, you know, before your... Yeah, your, being blown up, I guess. Yeah, yeah being, being blown Speaking about being up. blown up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, you're, you're the editing king, so you can't... Yeah, I'm going to have to fucking... Chat, yeah, chat, let's chat. talk about your recovery first. Yeah, huh? yeah, oh, yeah. It's Benjamin Button over here. <laughs> so, so I graduated basic training mid-February of 20, uh, 2011. Um, and uh, I deployed to Fort Drum, New York. Um, I deployed to Fort Drum, New York. Or deployed. I got stationed at Fort Drum, New York. Yeah. And as soon as we got there, they're like, you know, there was like six of us ish from basic training. And they're like, all right, you two are going, you know, with this company and you four are going to this company. They're like, oh, third squadron, uh, 371. Like, okay, like all, all you six are going to be deployed here pretty soon, you know, in the next month, month and a half. And Jeez. Or the next month. They told us next month, to be honest. They're like, next month. And we're like, all right. You know, cool. I, obviously, this is what we That's what, we yeah. signed we signed up for. Again, I've been always the person that like, you know, take a seat and get comfortable. You know, like it's gonna suck. Might as well, might as well take it. You so know, and, then, yeah. And uh, so I get there. I don't even unpack really my stuff from basic training. I just unpack, you know, the essentials of like, you know, two uniforms and like two PTs, and I don't even buy sheets for my barrack room. Just like one like blanket. And I use like my my sleeping bag stuff, you know, that was assigned to me. And because I'm like, I'm deploying in a month. Why am I going to buy everything? Why am I going to buy a TV? Why am I going to buy yeah. this? Like, I bought a laptop because obviously being deployed, you know, uh, I'm like, okay, at least I'll have a laptop. And I, I won't have my phone. And Yeah, throw some porn and, in there or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, to each their own, you know? Yeah, 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 and, whatever. <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah, man, you know, I, I got there, I was a new guy and obviously everybody, you know, was trying to like, you know, rough house and new guys, you know, there was like six of us there. And, um, one of my buddy that came with us, uh, his name was, uh, uh, Riddick, specialist Riddick. He came in as a specialist. He came in at, at, uh, 30, 30, 32, almost 33 years old in the army. He, he oh, came from basic training. He came from basic training with me. But he had a degree and everything, so he came in as a specialist, you know, and he came, you know, whatever. And and uh, when they when they they took him out and they were like, hey, who would be best for uh, first platoon? You know, out of out of all the, you know, the 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 four other five other guys that came with us in the same troop. And he was like, uh, honestly, like Cavetto and. Uh, um this other guy chinketti um well they had to they had to take three they had to split us up anyway so he was like mm -hmm. oh Cavetto and then chinketti and that's when they're like all right first platoon here comes with you know riddick riddick uh Cavetto and chinketti 
and then these other guys went to the other platoons and uh um obviously he was a specialist so he got he got you know not the new guy's speech but like you know because he outranked some of the other guys whatever because yeah. he was technically an e4 already and uh when they're, they're like oh private like do this do that and i'm like Fool. like you're a private too man like you're a private too like yeah. you know how's it playing Believe me, like my brother-in-law and his friends, like told me, you know, all about the hazing, all about all that. Like, so I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like, if we're gonna all do it, like, let's all do it. You know, like, yeah, I, it ain't gonna be like this. And then the first PT came. This first PT came, and this other, this other specialist. He uh, he always like, oh, I'm specialist this, I'm specialist that, and blah blah blah. He always like gave the new guys, or obviously all the. E3s, E3s and below, like, hard time. Yeah. They always gave us a hard time. And then, and then here we come to the PT test. And um, here I come, like, the fre- fresh dude out of, out of basic training and stuff, first PT test. And I get, I get like, a two, 298, 299, like, on my PT test. Uh, I ran, I ran uh, uh, 13... 1301, I think, my uh, two mile uh, before deployment. And uh, even I even told my LT, I'm like, man, dude, you couldn't even give me the, those like two seconds, you know, like yeah. you know, 12, 1258, 1259, you know? And he's like, nope, 1301. And I'm like, no, nah, like, I know I made it, you know, obviously. I'm like, because he, he, he buzzed it, you know, we yeah. go back on this other time. He buzzed it late. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and so, anyways, I scored the highest the highest PT score. So after that, like some of the guys were like, all right, well, the, oh, the new guy, he means business and stuff yeah. like that. And obviously they haze, they haze me for that too. I'm like, all right, you motherfuckers. Like, okay, like there's, there's no winning, but. Sounds like two seven. But luckily, like, luckily, you know, obviously that's where I gathered that it was the camaraderie, is the bullshitting and, and cool. You know, it's obviously them accepting you and stuff, obviously, because then you got the ones that whined and, the other new guys that whined and complained and like, oh my god, this and like, all right, well, we ain't gonna be cool with you. We'll be cool with this guy. Yeah. So then, there it comes to uh, deploying, and uh, obviously, uh, I sort of give you a list on like what to take, whatever. And I remember when we got to Afghanistan, we had to obviously like the military got to unpack everything for like a hundred times. Oh and, boy. Uh, <laughs> and then so so one of my squad leaders sees sees my machete. And he was like, why do you have a machete? It's not on the like, packing list, right? <laughs> and I'm like, because you never know, sir. And he was like, why do you have a machete? I'm like, because you never know, sir. I'm like, I, I guarantee it. We're going to use it. And he was like, all right, put it away. <laughs> so we get there, whatever. We, we transition. We get to calf. We go to our place. And then the first area we were at, it was honestly nothing but but brush and trees and debris and it, it was pretty much like Fresno, man. It was like nothing but agriculture, nothing but like pomegranates and all this other weed, uh, weed fields, like you know, old poppy fields, like stuff like that. When did you go over there, man? Like what year? What year did you go over there? Have you not been listening? I said 2011. So. Oh my bad. I always my bad. Perdón. Perdón. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I forgot. I guess I left that part out myself. But um, we deployed in April, first week of April. I think uh-huh. April second or April, April first week of April, sometime in April. Okay. 
we officially deployed we left the states and then we went there and so we were replacing uh 101st airborne um and uh, obviously they showed us the ropes they uh they uh obviously being the new the new uh troop you know they try to take this on the rigorous like oh you know jumping walls doing this and that obviously to show us like how they were avoiding you know walking the main roads never never taking the same path twice kind of thing you yeah. know because they were planning ieds left and right and that was when i remember they were they asked like jokingly when we first got there like oh well you know we've we've lost this many guys we've had this many guys being amputees and combat wounded and blah blah from ieds like all right so who's gonna be the the mine detector who's gonna be the point man and and i'm like fuck it i'll do it like yeah you know and they're like they're like all right like i was that was uh, in my platoon at least i was the only one because they broke us up according to platoons like platoon top platoon over there and i'm like i'll do it like i'll try it like uh, you know I'm, let's see what's going on and and so I was I was with their point man when they were escorting us around and getting to know the ropes and stuff like that and and yeah like uh, again I I uh, with the with uh, all the the fuck they call it that now shit the bulletproof vest I don't know I don't know the high speed shit black bulletproof vest yeah your flak yeah the flak um, I had my machete right here. I had my machete right here, and I have pictures of it. Like again, obviously, I don't need to explain myself to my army buddies, but everybody would give me shit. Like, oh, you're the Mexican with the machete and cartel and blah blah blah, yeah. <laughs> and you're all Mexican, blah blah. So I'm like, all right, like we'll see. So as soon as 101st left, and we we started going on our own patrols, we started going through like thick brush, very thick brush. Very thick pomegranate trees, very thick uh, fruit trees, everything, everything you can think of. Because obviously we're we're doing this, we're trying to throw them off, you know, right. on our paths. And I'm just, shoo, 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 you know, cutting <laughs> it. Obviously we're 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 split into two sections, so yeah, uh, alpha section and bravo section. I was in alpha section at the time, and and we're like, oh cool, like everybody was walking behind me, all cool and stuff, and bravo was like. Oh, <laughs> you know fighting yeah. trees snapping twigs and stuff like that because obviously they're taking their own route yeah and eventually my my buddy uh in bravo section uh bravo section ends up uh ordering his own machete smart man uh so so again we uh we were both uh um we were both rocking machetes as point men, obviously. Uh, so first platoon, we had we had two sections. Obviously, there was Alpha and Bravo and stuff, and uh, Alpha had two 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 point men at the time, and uh, it was me and my other buddy, and then uh, Bravo had their two. Um, um, but yeah, my other buddy. He started rocking a machete. He ordered it and everything. He's like, "Dude, I need to order a machete." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's a great idea." Yeah, and sure cool. enough, dude, he ordered his own machete, and then obviously we were known as the Thug Platoon, <laughs> the 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 Thug Platoon because we were rocking machetes. And I'm yeah. like, dude, like there's a lot of thick brush out here, like, and uh, 
whatever uh my mom i never told my mom i obviously chose a combat job um um the thing with 10th mountain at least uh, with 371 we were uh mixed between i was a cavalry scout I went to basic training excuse me as a cavalry scout and uh when I got to Fort Drum, New York, we were mixed between scouts and infantrymen. So it was literally infantry and scouts. And Yeah. And uh, um, for those who don't I'll, know, what's the difference between scout and infantry? Well, back in the day, scouts, scout, back in the day, obviously, back in yeah. the day, scouts were used to, uh, for reconnaissance, they would go up ahead and like let them know, like, oh, hey, this, this is going on here, the full specs and blah, right. blah, blah. And obviously they were used for, uh, comms again comms and uh mechanized uh some small light infantry stuff but again but obviously with the war in iraq and afghanistan they eventually clearly there's a joke between scouts and infantry anyways of how scouts whatever being being all this other shit but um i didn't get that i didn't get that experience because we were both mixed between scouts and infantry so when Infantry squad leaders are trying to talk shit. I'm like, well, we're literally doing the same job. If anything, I'm the one that's leading the formation. So yeah. there's that. So whatever, obviously. Anyways, so <laughs> so we were mixed between scouts and infantry, and and uh, um, fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. Sorry, uh, you were saying. Um... So you guys were thug platoon, and you guys both had the machetes, and then that's when he asked if uh, what's the oh, difference yeah, between oh, yeah. the cavalry so, and the infantry. So, so I never, that's I never right. told my mom, never told my mom. That's that right. I never told my mom anything of what of what I did. Every time she would ask, I'm like, oh yeah, mom, we just go to a village, talk to people. Damn. Um, I cut, I cut down trees. You know, um, clearly I wasn't lying. I was cutting down trees. <laughs> Partly. Um, so, yeah, you tell so her everything when, but the bad shit. Yeah. yeah. So when, so when my mom would tell like my sister and my brother-in-law like oh jeffrey's cutting trees and this and that and um my brother is like he, he ain't cutting trees like my brother-in-law knew like yeah your like, thief was like you could have done that here <laughs> like, this, this dude ain't cutting trees. like but again i didn't lie because we would cut trees that were blocking the tower guards and and obviously out on patrol and they were getting in the way clearly i mean i wasn't lying i was cutting trees but clearly I never told my mom anything, you know, and then sure. uh, my my brother and my sister knew, you know, what I did was uh, similar or they had an idea of what I did. They, mm. I never told them anything either. Like, oh, yeah, like everything's going good. Like, you know, but obviously I was that was the point, man. And, and uh, that was when uh, I remember we were getting ready to go to. Uh, Everybody wanted to go home on R&R. Obviously, Army, you know, we do real deployments, not like Marine and Navy, where it's only six to nine months. Sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, we, we do a whole year, you know, back at least back in the day, you know. Back but, in the day, yeah. Um, you know, so we, we got to go home on R&R or whatever, and everyone, everybody wanted to go home right away, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to go. The earliest, right? You May, can go, like, the earliest. May, I want to go and... May, June, May, June, July, and I'm like, now I'd rather go, you know, like halfway that way when I come back, like, cool, we're already over the lump. Yeah. So I went, I went home in September, came, came back, you know, I went home for 15 days, came back totally refreshed and stuff. And, uh, that was when I came back and they're like, Hey, your troop got moved. Your troop got moved. Uh, um, 
they're at this place and we're like all right that's weird so cool like they're waiting for you so we got there and when you say troop uh uh can you, can you, what do you mean by that can you define that for people who don't so know so we were we were uh so infantry unit usually is like 100 something plus people a scout a scout we were we were a light infantry unit, but, but we were a scout. No, we were a scout unit. I don't know. We were a scout unit, but light infantry shift. So we were literally like less than like 80 people, maybe. Okay. Um, and uh, so that's when they were like, hey, your, troop, your troop's getting moved to a new area, blah, blah, blah. You guys need to go here. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I come back, and then like all my buddies, first of all, hearing it, obviously, from the the privates, I guess, the the regular buddies and then the sergeants and then so on. Yeah. You know, like, dude, we're going to a new area. Like, we're going to pull security. Dude, we're going to die. Like, dude, they're planning IEDs. They're doing all this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, geez, like, what? What the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. Like, first of all, who's going to die? Like, I'm the one finding the, uh, like, we're, we're, I'm the one finding these things. I'm the one in front of you. Like, I, you know, like, yeah. what? And the second of all, I'm like, if we're going to die, like, let's get this over with. Like I got, I got shit to do, you know, like, like yeah. I, in Afghanistan, it was, it was, it was, um, it was definitely a, a mindset. It was definitely uh, like, believe me, I talk shit and all that all day long. Obviously I can get serious when I, when I need to be. And that's how it was like, okay, yeah. well, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs is not going to do nothing for us. Like, let's, let's get it if it's gonna happen let's get it let's 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 go through it i guess yeah and and that's when we move out to that new area and and they're like you're you guys are gonna be living out of your trucks and and uh uh we're gonna pull security for for a, a cop that's gonna be built from scratch and and that's it and and we're like damn it's crazy you know and and uh they're like, we don't know when we're going to be able to call home or whatever. So whatever time you do get to call home, excuse me, at that fob that we're going to be stationed at, you know, call home and, and whatever. Yeah. And we're like, all right, cool, you know. And, and uh, that's where we go. The, the second we go out there, like, I remember, I, I don't remember what unit or what, but engineers had stopped because they were waiting for us to roll through first because we had the mind roller mm. and, and stuff like that because we were mechanized at the time. So we rolled out right. and they're like, oh, uh, uh, engineers are holding still because they want the mind rollers out there first. And we're like, well, that's kind of weird because isn't it the engineer's job? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know take but, care of those things. But all right, like, here we go. Like, all right, cool. Like, rock, you know, so there we go. And we, uh my buddy rolls out the mine roller uh i was the driver of the second vehicle and and everybody's sweeping their area obviously we had to clear uh the 360 security and on the trucks and and they're the eventually the the engineers uh felt it safe to start clearing and th there it went and and i remember it was uh like a day or two later after obviously engineers lost a couple of their vehicles their huskies and stuff like that. Um, they're like, all right, hey, we got to do a presence patrol, you know, on the village. And obviously, it was our first time everybody being there. And, yeah. And I was, I was the first one to step off. And they're like, all right, like we, we're gonna roll out at like four in the morning, whatever. And, and uh, um, 
There we go. Obviously, um, we're right there camping out at night. We wake up in the morning, we go and we start making our way towards the village and we get pretty close to the village. That's uh, we our commander wants to uh, wants to uh, talk to the village elders, stuff like that. And uh, um, that's when we take our 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 first contact uh, right there. And uh, again, everybody posts up the way we do the way we do. Uh, the squad leaders assigned us to our positions and and all that. And uh, um, I remember our old uh, uh, platoon sergeant was like, "Hey, like, sir, like, we're, we've been here too long. You know, we gotta go. We gotta go. Like, and yeah. like no, I want to talk to these people more." And, that's why and you guys whatever. were being engaged, and we were there too long, uh, and and uh, yeah, that's when uh, 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 we uh, we all started getting shot at and stuff, and uh, we always started pull back, whatever, and and so anyway, so we go back to our village after that, after that that that, and uh, you know, engineers are still doing their thing, trying to clear over there, and. Uh, um that was that was when uh like we start still going out on patrols and they're like okay well it, every time we get close to that village we keep getting shot at so mm -hmm. we got to clear this compound we got to clear this compound first that's in front of the the potential the potential base that we're trying to build yeah you know and and then they're like we got to clear clear that wash and then we got to clear that compound and uh that's when they're like all right we got to go there so we start going there and obviously the military and their sea wire. So we go, we go and, uh, the little that I start clearing, you know, is the shit that gets sea wired that way. Obviously, you know, we already have like half-assed towers posted up and, or, yeah. the, or the MRAPs and stuff like that. Um, so obviously they'll look at that compound and stuff like that. If anybody comes back to it, obviously little by little, we were clearing it to, uh, to uh to clearly clear it clear it fully right and uh i remember uh uh, uh our old lieutenants were telling us like we were telling the commander like hey man we just need to blow this thing because of all the stuff you know that we're finding you know because we were finding a lot of things once we got to that compound and uh um was it just a bunch our, of weapons or what was it like a bunch of id material what it was a bunch it was a bunch of caches it was a bunch of um bullet, uh bulletproof vests we found afghan uh uniforms uh blasting caps uh half-ass crush boxes that were in like a burlap sack um um that were like ready to go they were already like the box and it was already rigged with the wires damn you know to where you could just like connect it and that was it yeah you know and and uh um uh again me being a first platoon i was the only one that had stepped had stepped off so far in that area um and uh i remember uh i remember that was when uh second platoon was gonna step off um uh, second platoon was about to step off on on I think November tenth on there on there and and uh, I remember uh, uh, my platoon sergeant was like, hey man, you need to, you need to uh, get a second platoon, second platoon uh, up to par on like you know the dirt because the dirt was like you stepped on it, and, pff, 
you know, it was like, it was powdery. It was all yeah. that. So it was harder to find things. And they were using, yeah, non-metallic. Yeah. They, were using they were using non-metallic materials and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and they're like, you need, you know, get second platoon up to par on what they're, what they're doing or, uh, give them, give them an idea. I guess they told me. And then, you know, I, I had their squad leader, their, their team leaders and the platoon sergeant or their squad leaders, everybody that, you know, everybody of leadership, I guess, like, yeah. I guess it was like four or five of them, you know, like, Hey, you know, it's this way, you know, obviously like I even threw my knife on the floor and like, look, look at how much it went in just like dropping it, you know, like it's different and blah, blah, and this and that. And the wash, they use, they use the wash for, for everything and be careful with the wash and they step off, they step off the next day. Um, and a couple of minutes, yeah, uh, I don't remember the time exactly, but a couple of times into uh, a couple of, sometime, a couple of minutes, sometime later, sometime yeah. into their, into their patrol. It wasn't that long. Um, you hear, you know, you hear a, a explosion go off and like, you know, you hear, you hear them call the nine line and stuff like that. And, you know, some, some, somebody took an IED, uh, an IED hit and stuff like that. And that was when, um, we, uh, second platoon lost one of their guys, um, on veterans day. Damn. Uh, they lost one of their guys. And, uh, again, doing that same wash, that same wash lamp slash compound that we, that I was finding all the other stuff and, and, and obviously, um, he didn't make it and, and, uh, so that happened, and then you know what his name was. His his name was uh, Theodore Theodore Rushing. He okay. actually was crazy. Is that I only met the guy. I only physically met the guy like talk talked to like twice, maybe you yeah. know for a little bit. But he was still my brother in arm. Of course. Um. What, what was what was crazy is that you know he was the basic training class after after me. Oh, most after shit. us after the guys. So he literally had the same drill sergeants and stuff like that, that I did. And the seven other guys that came with me or whatever. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, that's crazy. Obviously when they came, when they came to us, I'm like, Oh damn, that's crazy. Like you guys had the same drill sergeants. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. So and so, so and so. Obviously he wasn't in my platoon. We got other guys from, from their basic training that came to our platoon. So, Mm -hmm. so needless to say, they deployed literally into Afghanistan. At least I had like a month and a half. Yeah, you so know, they it, went straight straight into it. You had yeah, they went one they went straight months. into it. We were, I think we we were already like four months into Afghanistan at the time. Yeah, and that's when they they joined up. Yeah, so that's when they came to us. Like, oh, here comes some new guys from basic training. And we're like, oh shit! And that's when damn straight from basic. That's wild. So, anyways, he was the. He was, I think, the seventh guy in formation, and uh, yeah, he he got blown up, and he passed away, stuff like that. And, and we went back to the we went back to the the fob and stuff, you know, to do his memorial. And obviously, that's where like it settled in so much more because he was our first first and technically only casualty at the t- at the time. Yeah, you know and how serious it was, and you know even a lot of my buddies were like, "Damn, like you know, we like this is for real, like this, yeah. you know, like 
obviously minus us us finding all these IEDs and caches, like obviously this is this is real. Right. And and uh, we, we go back and obviously focused and and uh, that's when uh, third platoon third platoon uh, joins us. They they got separated from us uh, earlier into the deployment because they went to go do uh, some stuff with uh, uh, special forces. And so they came back to us, and uh, that's when, like, obviously they, all that had happened, and and uh, their point man was the one finding all them, for, all, was the one finding all the stuff for them. So they uh, joined joined our two platoons together, um, so we can knock this out one, not just faster, but efficiently and yeah. and safely, I guess, and, well, you and got confidently. More guys. Yeah. And confidently, you know, me and me and and uh, his name was Quentin Pacone. And uh, and that's where we were clearing this compound. This compound was was big. And like I told you, with the sea wire, like everything we would we would uh, clear, like it would be with sea wire and and all that. And again, we were we were finding things uh, again, left and right. And um, I remember we ended up, uh, I ended up going back, we ended up going back to the FOB that was like an hour or something away. And I, I probably forgot how far it was, but it was a while away. Um, that was the only time we ever got to like call home or uh, do anything, obviously with electronics. Yeah. Bam. We're back. So I remember, I remember we went back cause we would always go back at least once a month to uh, this FOB um, to refit, we call it refit. You know, we'd get more MREs, we'd get more water, we'd get more rippets. Obviously, everybody there would would like buy their own energy drinks. You know, I wanted monsters. This fool wanted Red Bulls. You know, yeah. everybody bought their own shit until it ran out, whatever. And um, so I remember I went back. We went back, and it was like a couple of days before my birthday. I think it was like one or two days before my birthday. My birthday's November twenty sixth. And uh, I remember I'm like, okay, I'm gonna use this opportunity to call home, you know, because obviously yeah. we're only here for, uh, you know, a couple hours, you know. And uh, I call home, and you know, my family's telling me happy birthday and all this, and I'm like, oh, cool. I guess at least I get to talk to my family, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, um, uh, I got to talk to my family, obviously, and then they're like, oh, happy birthday, blah blah. blah. And so we 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 go back out. I think like the day or two before my birthday and I'm like, you know, refresh, you know, you got to, you know, call home, you know, you always feel good when you call home. Yeah. And especially at that time, especially at that time, since we didn't have, you know, phones and, and laptops and stuff, uh, we just had obviously each other and, and bullshitness and, you know, getting to know each other and, and, uh, and that's when we go out, you know, we refresh, you know, we're like, all right, let's go out, you know, let's, let's, let's get it. You know, obviously we, we had just lost one of our guys, so obviously the seriousness of losing one of our guys and you know all that obviously puts a lot of pressure on myself and my my partner Picone. You know, um, obviously us being the point man and the one finding things and right. And uh, I remember my buddies like they're like, "Oh, happy birthday, Q!" You know, it was November twenty sixth, and those fools like started jumping me, man. You know. <laughs> They're like punching me, you know, all that. I just turned 20 and I'm like, all right, you assholes. Like, you know, like 
I obviously I started fighting back and yeah, whatever. And then we were we were still patrolling that compound and stuff like that. And um, I remember it was pretty funny that uh, so we had a we had a commander. We'll throw this out there because obviously this will be put out. Yep. So we uh, our commander got swapped out like halfway through deployment. Um. I didn't even mention my Article 15 that I got, whatever that hey. could be later. It was, it was. Anyways, I'll, we'll talk about it later. Again, yeah. I was I was fast forwarding a lot of things. So, so this new commander was a ranger, obviously army ranger, and every time uh, some somebody would mention a suggestion or something like that, like like oh, well, are you a ranger? Like, do you know what what's oh, going shit. on? that kind of thing and we're like all right cool man you know obviously i was a private so clearly i had no authority and but you know like when somebody when somebody's pulling it like that i'm like all right cool man you know whatever so so picone and i took it upon ourselves obviously you know the rangers again no disrespect to any other rangers whatever the hell is gonna happen whatever yeah some backlash whatever but we always said I'm like, hey man, you know, I'm like, do you see any rangers in front of you? And he was like, no, do you see any rangers in front of you? He was just as smart as me. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, isn't there a motto like rangers lead the way all the way? (laughs) I'm like, do you see, do you see anybody in front of you? And they're like, no, no. All right, cool. You know? And then, so we would always make it to a point because we were, we were, uh, we would use Mindhound, Mindhound machines. Mm-hmm. the the mind detectors whatever so it was a mind hound it was called mind hound and uh so me and him would always, we would always be like hey mind hounds lead the way mind hounds lead the way and either one or the other would be like all the way yeah <laughs> you know just to be smart asses because obviously we would before missions we would meet up before mm-hmm. and then uh you know, go over over the mission, whatever, and then what we we're gonna do. And obviously, the commander was there, and we would always like, "Hey, my house lead the way, all the way." <laughs> and and they're like, "What the fuck? All right, cool, whatever." Yeah. And then uh, so November thirtieth came, and uh, we were clearing that compound still, still obviously finding things left and right, whatever. And we were clearing it for hours, a couple hours. We were smoked, we were tired, we were done. Obviously in Afghanistan, we had nothing but time, especially especially obviously not having a base. Like we yeah. literally had no hurry, no nothing. Like we barely had some Hescos up, barely getting tents up, barely getting, you know, small aid, you know, small el- electricity, small stuff. Like, in, you know, sure. contractors and stuff were coming in to, you know, set up the shop, you know, and, and uh that was when i was me and my we and my uh squad leader were done or me and my team leader i guess uh because obviously squad leader and there's team leaders um so me and my team leader were were done and this fool was was gangster man he was from he was from uh uh cleveland and uh white dude man but man he (laughs) he was hilarious man he He's somebody I always looked up to as a squad leader and stuff. Even my even my lieutenant, man, my old lieutenant, he was a Filipino dude from San Jose, man, and he he was gangster. Like he was, he, yeah. he would help me. He would help me uncover uh, caches. We found 
762 rounds and stuff and like he would help me dig i'm like hey sir you know like you don't have to do that and he's like cool like i got this like, all, right, <laughs> all right man and and anyways so uh we were both smoked we were all tired and uh Picon and his squad leader like everybody was done it was the mission was done already and and um my my lieutenant was like all right let's wrap it up let's wrap it up and then my buddy's squad leader was like uh hey let's check this alleyway real quick you know and you know so right whatever so i was you know at a distance and i see in my eyes i see him sit down and my buddy prepping his his mind hump and i'm like okay so i walk over there and i'm like hey man what are you doing he's like oh i'm just gonna carry this alleyway real quick and i'm like for what i'm like we're just gonna do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day you know we yeah. gotta clear this whole compound first and and he's like, no, let's knock it out right now. I'm like, all right, like, I'll go with you, man. You know, and we go back and forth. And I'm like, all right, what happens to you happens to me. So he's like, all right, let's get it. So they give me a boost. They give me a boost. The, the alleyway was very thin. I guess if I were to measure it, I would say it was like three, four feet. Oh, so barely an alley, huh? Like narrow, it was very narrow. Yeah. But it was like a little, a little long, not too long. And uh, it was like at least eight, nine feet tall because they had to give me a boost to to climb up to the left side because sometimes they'd get sloppy. So you would see like track marks, you know, like a fingerprint or like yeah, something sticking out. Yeah, sweeping or, you know, yeah. Something sticking out. So mm-hmm. I looked, okay, cool. And it was so narrow that I would jump to the other side. I checked. I'm like, okay, I don't see anything on these both sides. Let me jump down. You know, and um, we had the MRAPs from both platoons uh, pulling security, so we had the big guns. Yeah. You know, the 50s, the Mark 19s, the 240s, everything. So, and then we had uh, it was just uh, leadership on the floor, and then me and him, and a couple others laying C wire. And um, by the time I got down, he was already like halfway down the, the alleyway, and so I'm like, all right, man, hey, I'm back, whatever. And so he gets a hit first. And then he was like, oh, um, it's nothing, brushed it off. And then we get to the end of the alleyway, and I remember, I was like, damn, dude. I'm like, we, we still got to clear all this shit tomorrow. And 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 it's obviously open. Again, like, it, again, it's all mud. It's all mud everywhere. So sure. you see you see in, in, in corners, like, uh, gunpowder jugs, you see... You see burlap sacks. You see you you visibly you visibly see the things that they left behind because obviously they probably saw us coming yeah. up. So we're like, damn, we still gotta clear all this tomorrow, man. And that's when I had my left arm on the wall and my left foot forward. And uh, he was, from what I remember, obviously uh, my buddies and everybody told me different things, but from what I remember, I remember staring down. And I just remember closing my eyes, like a big slap to the face. I just remember an instant, like closing of your eyes. And then what I remember was, was like when you're like so sleepy or like so pissed or drunk, like you're just like, you're just yeah. like this. And, and I was just like, oh, well, you know, what happened? And then all I remember that. And then I remember like, I'm like, uh, Picone, 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 where are you? Picone, where are you? And, you know, that's all I remember because obviously I remember being 
on him and he he held my my obviously my only hand and he was like i'm here man i'm here don't you die on me don't you die on me i'm here and like it was vague it was like vague in the back in the back and that's all i remember and i'm like girl whatever it was like you know when you have those weird dreams that like, yeah like half asleep like almost yeah, asleep like ha- almost yeah, awake honestly, you know yeah, honestly like you're half asleep you know and 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 uh yeah and then uh, i wake up uh, from what i remember a week later uh from a medically induced coma and uh, um i wake up in the hospital and i'm like what the fuck yeah confused dude i'm very confused even still again almost nine years later i'm like like i'll, I'll still have dreams i'm like flickering back and forth because again i fell asleep with mud and dirt and uniform and here i am in a hospital bed beep 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 you know like yeah. what, what the hell is going you're on in the fucking like, desert in fucking afghan and then you just wake up in a fucking hospital and you just yeah like insulated you know tv shit. i'm like what the hell is going on and, yeah you got some ice cream and shit whatever you don't know no, but no, like, i wouldn't say all that right you know? right you know i'm just I'm um um so and like I, I I from what I remember when I see a nurse or something, that's when I realized I had damage to my mouth because I was trying to talk and like and I couldn't talk, and I'm like eventually clearly I'm like what what happened or what and the nurse was like well you and Quentin Picone got in a dismounted IED incident, and I'm like mm-mm. Mm-mm. like i know i couldn't talk but i'm like no way like yeah no. not us you know yeah man and and she was like no like you're here you're at but there's the maryland and you just came from so and so and these are your injuries you know you're you're missing uh a, a little bit of your foot because at the time it was only my my toes that were damaged and like so you're missing you know some of your foot and your arm's gone and you know you have shrapnel damage uh, you have a lot of internal damage yeah um you took a hit to the face you know your jaw is broken your nose is broken your you have eye damage you know we won't know until until you go to obviously to the to the optometrist and yeah and all that and they're like you know half your face is broken so when they got to my face i guess that's where i was like no like not my fucking face no way yeah no it wasn't even a my face thing i mean i was clearly handsome and stuff you know i still am you know but but at the time i was it was one of those like pinch me i'm dreaming yeah you know so so i i like touched my face at first and i just feel nothing but stitches like right here and it's just you know, and then I pull one, and I'm just that's where I'm like, I just, I just, I just start crying, man. I, yeah. I. That's where it settled in, obviously, and then my family, come, you know, I remember my family coming in, my partner, my partner's family coming in, and you What's know, your... I was still like, I was still messed up because I still didn't know what what really happened. I I thought I got blown up. Yeah. And he came in, and he came in to save me, and he got blown up. So that's what I was thinking. Right. And, and, and that wasn't the case. And so finally, like, 
I got the story straight, you know, like my boys eventually called me, whatever, and they told me. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. But I just thought, like, you know, I'm like, oh, you're right. And then, and, uh, so was it I both remember, of you that got hit by that? So 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 we both we both got hit on that same IED. He was he was probing it to uncover it, and and it went off. Damn. And apparently, from what he said, obviously this is everybody's stories put together, sure. I guess. But when we got blown up, he missed both his legs above and below the knee, and he still was able to shake my boot because I wasn't moving. Eventually, when obviously everything cleared from what he told me, and uh, yeah. and uh, the alleyway was so narrow that I had they had to pull me out first to get to him. So they pulled they pulled me out. Uh, I was barely barely conscious, unconscious, and stuff. And he was like, "Why, uh, why the way conscious?" and and uh, I remember uh, from what he said, he was, and from what everybody said, like, yeah, this dude was just like, hey, man, you know, check, check if, check if my dick and balls are there, man. Check if my dick and balls are there. And and uh, from what they told me about me, you know, they're like, dude, you you kept wanting to get up, you kept wanting to stand up, you know. You were just like, what happened? What happened? They're like, nothing, man. You slipped and fell, and you hit your head really hard. So you stay wow. down. You stay down. And you're like, no, no, fuck that, fuck that. So I kept trying to get up. Apparently, they're like, no, stay down. And and clearly, I don't know what was going. I didn't know nothing, and that's what they, I was being told. And that made sense eventually when I made sense of it. Obviously, from you know the grogginess and stuff that I was telling you. Yeah. And uh, so when they told me about me and my partner, I'm like, so is he alive? Obviously, right away. Of course. And they're like, yeah, he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. And obviously, his family was there. So eventually I was like, you know, I'm like, clearly, like, I'm not dumb. So I'm like, are you guys trying to tell me, like, he's, you guys don't want to tell me he's dead? Like, what's going on? Like, I, why can't I see him? Like, why can't I, Yeah. this and that, you know? And, and I'm like, I told his sisters and his family, I'm like, I'm like, tell him one thing. And only one thing that he would know. Tell him mind hounds lead the way. <laughs> And tell me what he says. Yeah. And then that's when they go over there and they come back and they're like, he says all the way. And I'm like, okay, he's alive. Yeah. Obviously, my sarcastic ass, his sarcastic ass. Yeah. He's alive. Yeah. That was the only thing that would have separated. He was the only one that would have known that. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, he's alive. Well, why can't I see him? Why can't, you know, that's when I was like, all right, why this, why that? And like, well, when you get into your own room, you can see him and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, whatever. So when I got to my room, I'm like, all right, when can I see my partner? When can I, you know, that's when my army buddies were calling. And first time I got to talk to them. And it's a very emotional time because they would call the ICU and the ICU was like, no, you can't talk to him until he's up in his room. And I'm like, you know, taking it out on them. Like, why can't I talk to my buddies? Like, yeah. Like, I just want to talk to them, you know, this and that. Like, I need to be over there with them. And they're like, no, they're fine. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand what's going on over there right now. Like, and so when I got to my room, like, hey, when can I talk to my buddies? And then they're like, well, whenever they call back, 
and obviously they've been blowing me off this whole time. And I told my sister, I'm like, hey, whenever they call me, you wake me up. Like, regardless of what I'm doing, like, I want to talk to them. Yeah. And I finally get to talk to them and it's just emotional, you know, like, you know, I felt like I let them down, you know, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, even with my family, like I told them, like, I'm sorry this happened to me. Like, even my, you know, my brother, you know, obviously my siblings were the ones that knew more. And uh, my brother was like, I, I thought you had it, man. You know, I'm like, I did. Like, I'm sorry. You know, I I. I don't know what to say, but I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I did. And then my, obviously my mom felt like completely blindsided because clearly all over there cutting trees. She thought and, you were just cutting some and, palm trees you know, over there. And brush and stuff like that. Yeah. And so my sister finally tells me like, Hey, like you need to tell mom, like, like what happened at least a little bit, you know, cause she's over here asking questions. And, and so I'm like, Hey mom, you know, I was in, you know, I was in combat and, um, that was the point man and I did this and I did that and and she starts crying breaking down and obviously hearing the truth for the first time obviously being yeah. blown up already and and I'm like well mom you know like clearly pushing all awkwardness aside I'm like mom well at least you can take me to Costco you know I'll have a handicap placard and <laughs> obviously just you know to make her try feel to better her, you know yeah try to lighten her mood yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, she was like, you think, you think that's what I care about? I'm like, well, okay, cool, like, and, uh, and that's when I was like, when can I see my partner, you know, and that's when they're like, well, when everything's disconnected from you, I had a feeding tube at the time, I had a chest tube, um, I had wound vacs, and they're like, well, when, whenever, whenever you can physically get out of your, your, your bed and into a wheelchair, then you can go see him. You gotta go to PT and then you gotta go see him. And and I remember just waking up, like once they were disconnecting things left and right, like, I'm like, look, you need to you need to go get whoever you need to get. Cause I'm sitting up on this bed. I'm like, I'm tired of you guys pushing me aside. And and uh, again, they have procedures and I get that, but right. I, didn't, I didn't get that at the time. Sure. Cause I just wanted to see him. And that was the only way I can see him is if I physically did it. And so I'm like, I'm sitting up in bed this time, you know, and the first time I sat up in bed, I sat up in bed for almost like 30 minutes. And obviously that was like a big thing. And I passed out like the rest of the day, obviously trying to sit up in bed. Cause obviously that's the most tiring thing that I've done in a while. And yeah. So anyways, I, I eventually end up like, end up transitioning and dude, I'm so tired. Like even on my wheelchair going to go down the hall to go see him. Like I'm just exhausted from doing all that. And I remember seeing him and man, dude, like I, I was just, I was like mopey, but I was trying to keep it together. Cause I, obviously I was rolling up on him in the electric wheelchair, like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, Hey man, you know, like what's up. And obviously it was, it's an awkward encounter at first. Cause obviously sure. it was our first time I'm seeing each other. He's like, man, you're a, you're a stronger man than me, you know, you're already, you know, mobile and stuff. And I'm here and I'm like, nah, man, you know, and, and that's when he was like, you know, I'm sorry for what happened to you and stuff. And I'm like, man, dude, you know, like it is what it is, you know, and like, you know, at least we're here with our families now, you know, we made it, we're alive. And, and, uh, that's when he's like, I'm sorry what happened to you. And I told him, I'm like, I'm like, well, would it have been any different? 
differently if uh, I would have been in front of you, you know, if it was vice versa. And he's like, no, I would have gone down there with you. I'm like, okay, and then then that's, that's how it was. That's yeah. how we leave it, you know, and 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 uh, and yeah, it, it it felt good to see him, and and then uh, that was like two, almost three-ish weeks after getting blown up. I finally got to see him, and um, what were the extent around, of his injuries, man? He uh, lost both his legs above and below the knee, right? And uh, the hand that he was probing with. Uh, was split in half, uh, which was his right hand, and uh, they were able to save that, um, luckily. And uh, so, so yeah, and then uh, obviously him being from Oklahoma, me being from California, and obviously the, the, the trauma I took to my face, they're like, hey, man, you need to, before you go to San Diego, you know, to prosthetics and C5, which was like, I forgot all the three, five Cs, it was whatever sure but it was specifically for the combat wounded blah 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 so they're like they specialize in all that you know whatever uh, but before you go there you got to go see polytrauma in palo alto um since you took a hit to the face when you see the extent of your uh your uh psychological health your neurological health and all this other stuff like what you remember what you don't and I'm like, okay, like, because it would always piss me off when they would ask me, like, who's the president, how many days of the week there are, sure, um, what's your name, what's your, when's your birthday? I'm like, why are you guys asking me this? Like, I was so confused. Yeah. And then, like, a, a day or two before Christmas of 2011, that's when they ship, uh, put me in a plane and sent me to San Jose. So I make it there. I think I was a good like two days before. And, uh, like, it's to San Jose, they put me in, whatever, and all that. And then I remember, I remember, uh, I got to San Jose. I'm like, oh, damn, never been to San Jose, you know? Like, oh, damn, never been in San Diego, you know? So I was like, yeah. you know, like, like, I don't remember San Diego going to TJ, you know? And, <laughs> and some taquitos, and so you just, know? Yeah, so I get there to San Jose, and I'm like, all right, it's cool, like, whatever, and, and obviously, I'm like very optimistic on getting better. It was always about getting better. Like as soon as I sat up in bed, it was just like, what do I need to do next? What do I need right. to do next? Oh, I need to be, yeah, I was gonna ask. I need, like, I, was that always your mindset? Like even even like immediately after? Was it just as soon as you sat up? Is when you started just fucking like, yo, let's go, let's go, no work no. It honestly started. My partner was my motivation to get up out of bed because obviously that was the that was the criteria on what I needed to go see him and so I'm like okay like if I need to sit up in bed the fuck you, you best believe I'm gonna sit up in bed like I need to know you know I need to see him and yeah and um uh, so I yeah they took out my feeding tube they took out my chest tube and they took out everything and obviously there was tests throughout that that I had sure. to do first and so anyways yeah so all that and so now when I got to San Jose, I was like, what do I need to do? I need to get better. I need to get walking. I need to get, get, I need to get this shit over with. Like, this yeah. thing's happened now. And that was, again, um, I was cut at the ankle. Um, I was cut at the ankle at the time. And, you know, it was literally the end of my leg. And then they used my heel as cushion at the bottom um, to 
cushion it, obviously. And yeah. uh, so that's when I was stepping. I was trying to step and all that. And I remember eventually after my physical therapist and I got over that, um, we uh, we like rigged up a, like a sandal, a, a moon boot that I called uh, the one that you used to for a broken ankle and some uh, PT wrap to like make me a, like a half-ass prosthetic because I wanted to step. Yeah. Sure enough, after that, like I was able to step. It was like able to soften the blow and I was able to like take some steps and I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. You know, and I'm like, hey, can I walk to my room? And my room was like down a small ass hallway, you know, and I'm like, can I walk to my room? And they're like, if you're up for it, I'm like, I know I can do it. I know I can. And they're like, all right, we'll be re- behind you in the wheelchair. You know, in case you fall or whatever, like at least stay close to the wall. You know, that way you have something to hold on to. Yeah. So like, I was able to to uh, walk my first time to my room, and I was fucking exhausted after that, and I was in a lot of pain. But how was that though? How how, how, how would you describe that feeling, man? Like how you know, obviously it's your it first was, time fucking you know being able to walk, and and I'm sure it wasn't easy. But how would you describe that feeling? It was honestly liberating because. Again, when I couldn't put pressure on it, all I kept thinking about, what if I'm never going to walk again? What if I'm never going to do this? And, you know, my siblings were like, you know, it's okay. Like, you'll be able to walk soon. Like, you'll be, you know, they were trying to encourage me. And, right. And I was just like, what if I'm not? Like, because I literally can't put, you know, and, and again, I just, and I sucked it up and went for it. And, and I did it. Would you, you know, say- and I walked. Yeah, would you say that sometimes, like, um, uh, during those early phases of recovery, would you say that sometimes those those uh, negative thoughts and those, like, uh, just like, nah, you know, fuck, I'm, I may not be able to do this, would you say that sometimes those uh, those were winning over your motivation to get better? At the, at the time, no. At that time, no. It was just about, like, fuck. Okay, like, damn, this hurts, this hurts. But, like, no, fuck that. I got to do it. 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 Like, I got to, I got, I have to do this. I have to walk and it was it was in my head that I had to do this there was no way there was no negative stuff at the time this was like no I needed I needed I need to do this yeah. and and uh, I was able to walk and and uh, um, um, I was able to walk and that's when they were like all right like clearly we can't give you a prosthetic here um we gotta wait till you go to san diego i'm like all right well i'm done with san jose and that's when they're like all right let's start the paperwork for san diego let's send you home for a week or two you know in february of 2012. um and uh at the time um at the time i was like hell yeah you know i finally get to go home get a break from from being crippled you know being handicapped being in a a hospital obviously like you know, all the Mexicans in the novelas, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to go to a hospital. And blah, blah. Like, <laughs> rather die, no, was, dude. It, yeah, they'd rather yeah, die was, before was, going to the doctor. It was real, dude. Like, and then obviously after all that, like, I'm just like, dude, I'm done. Like, being checked on. Like, I'm done all this. Like, I just want to live a normal life, you know, for a little bit at least. And then, you know, so I do that. And then I go to San Diego, you know, eventually start my recovery. And that's where, like, 
I start seeing all the doctors for all my separate problems and and uh, you were still in the army, right? Uh, it wasn't like discharge. Yeah, I was still active. I was still technically active duty. Yeah, and uh, I was in the Wounded Warrior Battalion, whatever. And that was when, believe me, Balboa opened up a lot of a lot of uh, different outlooks on the military. Cause that's where you saw like all the malingers, all the like, oh, this hurts me, and yeah. then they were out doing their own thing and i'm like all right dude like all right cool you know to each their own but um you know don't don't try to relate to me when you're over here you know faking things and stuff right. like that and that, that's all you kept seeing and so when i got there clearly i was like pissed you know clearly i was pissed at the situation you know that i was it was like you know being at the top of your game scoring all the points and then you get taken out and then you can't go back in yeah you know, I'm just like, no, like, my boys are still deployed. Like, no, like, um, and uh, so, like, I try to speed through my recovery. I see all my doctors. I see everybody, and they're like, well, it's going to take this long, and your recovery is going to be extensive because of the damage it took to your face and and your internal damage and, and all that. And I'm like, what? Like, why is it going to take this long? Why can't this be done in, like, three or four surgeries? Obviously, that was, like, Let's yeah. get this over with. And they're like, yeah. you don't understand what's going on, dude. And it's a process, but, right? There's like there's steps that yeah. we have to take. There's tests that we have to do to see the extent of the damage. And we got to make sure that your brain isn't rattled from the fucking blast wave. We got to see oh, what yeah. type of effects came from that. You know, we got to see what the fuck is actually going on before they can take steps into, you know, your whole, your whole healing procedure. And, and that's where I was like, dude, like, you know, I wanted, I wanted like away from that stuff and that's when they presented me with like oh well you, you know you want to intern for the u.s marshals and i'm like oh yeah that'd be cool dude like something to get me away from you know that this stuff weird environment yeah so, so they're like yeah yeah cool so i got in with the u.s marshals i was interning paper pusher you know the the court court appointments and stuff like that for uh prisoners and stuff like i did all that paperwork you know internships or not whatever but it got me out of hospital right and eventually the doctors were like, well, hey, like, you're not coming to your appointments because you're at your internship. We're going to stop your internship. And I'm like, well, my PT, I'm like, you guys keep doing the same things over and over again. I'm like, I'm already walking. I already have my walking leg. Yeah. Um, they already gave me my walking prosthetic leg. And and I'm like, dude, like, I'm not like everybody else that's there for two or three hours, you know, socializing and stuff. Like I want to get better. Like I, it's not a social club for me. Like I, like you guys are just stretching me out and giving me heating packs and doing the same exercises. Like, when am I going to start running? When am I going to do this? And like, well, you're not coming to PT. That's why we're not giving you your leg. And eventually I go back and I go back and forth. I go back and forth and I'm like, I keep trying to run on my, on my walking prosthetic leg. And I keep breaking it. I keep breaking it. And my prosthetist was like, hey, man, this fool needs a running leg because he keeps breaking this prosthetic. Because obviously they just, they put it to a certain extent to keep, to get you walking, you know. Right. And then they'll, they'll Do they start it, it in different phases? Is that how it works? Yeah, like, it's like walking, it's like a beginning. jogging, yeah. running, shit like that? Well, yeah, everybody's, so they ask you at the beginning, you're like, what are your, your two what are your physical, physical and mental goals or whatever? And I'm like, I just want to run and play soccer again. And that's all I told them when I got to San Diego. I just want to run and play soccer again. 
And so when they're like, all right, well, we got to get you to PT, all that, whatever. And uh, so when I finally was going to PT, finally walking, finally doing all that, I'm like, so where's my leg? And I'm like, well, they're like, well, you're always at your internship instead mm. of instead of uh, doing PT. I'm like, well, it's dumb. I'm like, to be honest, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm ready for more. Like, I'll, again, I, everybody's there just socializing, doing nothing. Like, no offense. I'm like, but let's be honest. Yeah. And then that's when I tell my doctor, I'm like, just give me my leg. Give me, sign off on my running leg. And I guarantee I'm ready to run. And, and he's like, all right, if I sign off on your leg, you got to go to uh, what's called the agility clinic. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, you sign off on my leg. I'll go, I'll go to agility clinic. All right, cool. So we make, we made that pact. <laughs> I get my running leg and I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Finally got my running leg. And so we go down to agility to the, the gym and and I tell I tell uh, our physical my physical therapist I'm like hey man before before we do the PT way you know we're the proper way and all that I'm like can I just run I'm like if I fall whatever like tell me I told you so yeah I just I'm like I just want to run and she's like okay and I'm like here record this. Is that that video of you in uh, yeah, you have on your and Facebook that's, and, where you just and that's where that's that's where I ran and I and I didn't know I didn't know how to stop yet. That's why I, I ran into the wall. Like I I didn't know how to right. do clearly the, the PT thing. Yeah, but I just wanted to run. And and after I did that, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm ready, and I'm ready to ran. run. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to run. I got this. And she was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. And so I started doing it and all that. And again, that was in the middle of my surgeries. And that was when I first started seeing mental health at San Diego, uh, Balboa. Um, my first experience with mental health wasn't exactly the best at uh, San Jose, Palo Alto. Because they legit asked me, like, have you ever experienced anything traumatic? <laughs> and I'm like. You think I'm literally in a wheelchair right in front of you? <laughs> yeah, Miss, missing my arm and foot, and you know all this is still fresh. Like everything's yeah. still bright red, and you're asking me this now, like, and then there I go, whatever. I'm like, no, this is dumb. This is dumb. So there I go with Balboa, Jesus. and they're like, Christ. that's when they're like, okay, like let's talk about it, and I'm like, oh well, you know, again. If I'm talking about it, that means I'm not over it yet at that yeah. point in my life. Right. I was just like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. Whatever. Like, no, yeah, I'm running. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Looking at it optimistically. Like, all right, yeah, yeah. Like, I wish I was with my buddies, but here I am. Whatever. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. And and I was just pissed. I was, again, I was just pissed at the situation that I was taking out of the game. Sure. And, uh, you know, again, there I was with other people that were like oh yeah i'm getting out i'll oh, fake it till you make it and i'm like i'm over here trying to you know some people are actually trying to stay in and you're over here saying fake it till you make it and all this other stuff yeah i'm like all right cool like whatever that's that's on you and and so again my mental health appointment i was just like all right like i don't want to see the psychiatrist i don't want to be on medication more medications that i'm already on yeah and at the time i was already on like three or four you know and I'm like, I don't want to be on more. I don't want to be on more. I'm like, well, I'll just go see him. And so obviously, 
that was when all the surgeries were settling in and I was on I was getting two or three surgeries a week or uh, not a week uh, two or three surgeries a month um Jeez. on all the medications uh, uh one pain meds but also like um you know um constipation medication uh anti-inflammatories um um I can't even think right now the the for infections and stuff like antibiotics yeah, antibi- antibiotics antibiotics yeah. yeah clearly i couldn't think of the name but antibiotics and stuff like that and obviously and then that's when i'm like oh like you know going through all these surgeries like obviously you know it must take a toll on you whatever blah blah so that's when i started taking like uh, uh psychological medication and uh, you know that's when i was like uh, yeah finally trying to admit trying to com- come to a conclusion like okay like there's something wrong with there's a lot of things wrong with me okay let me start accepting this like right when i was being honest with everything i was like well yeah like i literally have trouble focusing i do i am in a lot of pain i am doing this like i can't sleep i can't this and that and here i am later on like nine ten medications and and uh I'm taking everything that they're telling me that's going to help me. So at the time of desperation, I guess I would say I wanted to be fixed. I was broken and I wanted to be fixed. Sure. And this is what, what was going to be done to fix me. So I was like, all right, surgeries are going to fix me. All right, medication is going to fix me. And I'll be back in the game. You know, I'll be back doing, doing and who I was. And, and so I took all these medications, did all these surgeries, did all these things. And it was exhausting me, man. It was it was exhausting me and and again at the time I was dating my wife and you know we were barely I was barely sleeping she was barely sleeping like I remember sweating so much that I thought I peed in the bed a couple times Jeez. you know but it was like my chonies were still dry and stuff but but the bed was wet, like everything was wet. Like I was, and I remember throwing up and stuff from medication and all this other stuff. And, and like, and like, I, I didn't want nobody to help me. I was like, no, like, no, I don't, I don't want you to help me. I don't want you to see me like this. I don't, you know. Would you say that this is when the, uh, the mental health aspects of your of your of your problems that you experienced started, you know, coming out because you started having to talk about them more, having to kind of, uh, I guess, accept and 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 really just because uh, you have to get it out, right? It's not about it's not about just holding it in and just you know, oh, like like we were saying earlier before we started this, you were like, just just sweep it, you know, just sweep it, you know. Would you say that Honestly, once you started talking about it, that it started kind of. You know, uh, really affecting your, your lifestyle. So again, like, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Again, talking about it was obviously not being over it. So that's where I was like in the middle. Yeah. Do I talk about it? Do I not? Right. Um, talking about it means that I won't be over it. You know, but then talking about it is going to be able to help me. You know, and yeah. help the doctors better address me. You know, and and again, here I am on nine, ten different medications and. Not even the happy ones that everybody thinks of. It wasn't on no good ones. It was just like psych meds, nerve pain, nerve meds, like high blood pressure meds, uh, 
high heart rate because my heart rate would would be through the roof. It'd be at like 100, 115, 110, just sitting here normal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, fine. I'm like, this is me. Really? And, uh, but again, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't like, whatever. And, and again, it was, I was already at the top, you know, I was already running, walking, all this. And I'm like, where do I go from here? You know, and that's where I guess it started to really settle in that I'm going to be a double IPT, you know, and then in the middle of that, In the middle of that, in uh, 2013, August, um, that guy Riddick that I was telling you about, uh, yeah. I get a phone call. I was uh, I was back home. I was back home in Reedley, and I remember getting a call from my lieutenant, and he was like, "Hey man, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm about to go back to San Diego," you know. And he was like, "Well, Riddick committed suicide." And I'm like, I'm like, no way. You know, so I'm like, all right, I'll let, I'll let you go out, T. And he was like, you good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And so I just yell, fuck. Because there he was, obviously, my army buddy that came from basic training. Yeah. You know, obviously, him being an older man, obviously, whatever, <laughs> like, we, you know, we we didn't really see eye to eye and stuff like that in basic training. And then... We find out, you know, basic training finishes, obviously all the basic training drama finishes, and then we go to our our, our first unit and and that's when we get told, like, you know, we're gonna get to get to deploy. Yeah. And obviously like oh everybody's partying already at the time when we got there and I remember we went out to the club. Obviously I was nineteen at the time. And uh that's when he uh, introduces me to, to Jack Daniels. This yeah, is the first boy. time I've ever drinking ever that I've ever drank uh, whiskey. Yeah. And he was like, I bet you're used to uh you're used to that dirt rubbing alcohol, tequila, obviously, you know, service members just talking talking trash. Talking and, shit, yeah. And I'm like, You old man, I'm like, what do you know about drinking? You know, obviously and he's like, You're more than you, young buck, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, try this, try this American stuff, and I'm like, what's this American stuff? And he's like, Jack, Jack Daniels. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. And took a shot of Jack, man. And that, that right there, man. It's tell you that Jack, Jack Daniels, my thing, man. But That's I got introduced. I got, in, I got introduced to Jack Daniels because of him. So. So again, obviously, hearing the news that he committed suicide, like it, you just you just think of the good times. Of course, you know you think of the times where you get introduced to Jack, or you're in basic training, or you're you're being deployed. He's in your truck with you. I remember I was the driver, and here was the gunner, and one of our buddies was like, "Hey, I need to go. I need to go to the restroom." And obviously that's when we were leaving out of our truck, so we had to pull security, you know, whenever somebody went literally needed to go. Jeez. And uh so I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, Riddick, I'm like, get your camera ready, man. And I'm like, hey, let me know when he pulls his pants down, you know. And, 
And so obviously, like, I, I drive not too far away, but like, you know, I, I, I drive some feet and he just takes pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I thought about. Yeah. At the time, I was just like. You know, the fond memories, right? And uh, that's what I was getting. I was getting surgery that week, too. Um, and I regret it now, obviously, plenty of times not going to his service and all that. And because I knew like my surgeries and everything and all my everything that I had lined up surgery wise was going to get pushed back. And, and I just didn't want to, I didn't want to keep getting poked anymore. I didn't want to keep getting medications anymore. I didn't want to. Yeah. And it was, it, it, so yeah, so that happened. And then, and again, he was my basic training buddy. You know, I yeah. met his parents, when we, met his parents when we graduated and, um, and, before we kept the contact, contact contact after I got blown up and he would always he would call me from time to time and obviously on social media, you know, everybody would catch up on my on my thing and and uh, would you and say yeah, that, so would you say that there um and I I know this isn't like an easy question or whatever, but would you say that there was ever any sort of like sign or anything like that that he was struggling? Did he ever mention it to anybody or like do you know like Honestly like, honestly not not to myself. Yeah. Not to me. Mm-hmm. Not you, to me. But you know what, man? T- uh, uh, guys tend to do that, man. Um, uh, but obviously, his fam- his family, and his family, and obviously those close to him will say otherwise. But yeah, not to me. And again, even when we talked, like it was all, it was all cool. It was all cool. Like even you know, like. You know, you'd message me, like, you know, comment on my stuff. Like, hey, man, glad you're doing good. Like, yeah, glad you're killing it. Can't wait to see you, you know. And, and uh, yeah, that was in 2013. And obviously, again, I saw him. Obviously, I skip ahead a lot, but. You're good, bro. You're um, good. Um, so when my boys came back, they came back in March, March, April-ish of 2012. And that was like exactly like almost six months after we got blown up. Um, they're like, oh, you know, the troops coming back, you know, uh, they're going to have a military ball. And obviously I'm like, we got to go, you know. Of course. I tell my, I tell, I tell my, my wife's girlfriend at the time, I was like, let's go, you know, and we end up going. And that's when everybody sees me for the first time. And, uh, I remember, dude. I I just wanted to see them. Yeah, you know all of them, and and um, I get there, and I'm like, dude, you know, my LT picks us up, and, and I'm like, oh, you know, just keep me away from the squad leader, you know, because I, I I can't deal with that right now. You know, I want to see my boys, and so I start seeing my boys. I hug I hug everybody that I see, man. Like when I got there, I'm just riddled with like fucking emotions, like. Yeah, like I'm like, like I'm glad I see you guys. I'm glad you guys are here. Like, all I ever thought about for the last six months, if you guys were gonna come back. And so obviously, I saw my buddy Redick. I saw I saw my buddies, and and I remember being in a circle, awkward as shit, like with my platoon. In a circle, you know, like I'm the one, like oh yeah, yeah, 
being me, the bullshitter, shit talker. <laughs> and everybody's quiet. And I'm like, why are you guys quiet? Like, why? Like, what's going on? And they're like, and that's when one of my squad leaders was like, dude, you should have died. So forgive us for like not being able to talk to you right now. Like we worked on you and we, we saw, we saw you not responsive. So yeah, for, forgive us. And I'm like, fuck, Roger that. Like shut me up real quick. Cause yeah. Again, it's one thing uh, people, people will say this too. Like, is it hard being, you know, being blown up and is it hard this and that? I'm like, it's one thing being blown up and obviously, yes, it's very hard. Obviously Javier has seen me limp and in pain and, and whatever, but. I think it'd be a lot harder to work on somebody that's obviously on the brink of life and death and missing limbs and, and maybe being somebody important to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, uh, yeah, an, I don't think it's an easy position for anybody. I know, especially you, you, your brothers there seeing you, you know, uh, somebody who's closer than family, you know, seeing, seeing somebody who may potentially not make it, you know, and, and, and I'm sure and that's where I say, go ahead. that's where I say again, uh, getting blown up sadly is easy because it's unintentional you're not like oh i'm gonna get blown up you know unless obviously somebody is intentional doing that but right it's unintentional you know what is what is intentional is working on somebody you know saving them you know like my buddies that put two tourniquets to save my the rest of my arm you know and and gauze my face and all that like they didn't even recognize me because of all the damage that i took to my face and um again yeah it i would um i wouldn't be here without my medic and my buddies you know um would you say that was like the first time that you actually um thought about it kind of from like their perspective instead of like from yours you know what i mean so yeah seeing them again it definitely like i'm like i'm back with my boys you know i'm back with with my guys and and uh um so yeah so i see my buddies and and that's that's all you know that's all i want to see them and then my partner you know obviously it's my first time seeing him since the hospital and stuff and i'm walking on my prosthetic and and he's right there you know uh on one prosthetic and one not because his other leg wasn't wasn't healing right and and uh that's the first time us seeing each other since the hospital and and again like he that's where you started seeing a little bit more like he was it was hard to see me again yeah you know because i was his you know i guess his stuff settling in and and i just wanted to see him and again and my buddies and we took a picture together and and he went on his way and I went on my way with at the ball and his his boys out with mine and it was a good it was a good time, obviously, seeing everybody back from deployment and Yeah. And everybody like pitched in for my Stetson and my Spurs, uh, being a Calvary Scout, that's our thing. Uh Stetson and Spurs, so everybody pitched in for that. My uniform, my purple heart or my my ribbons, um my old my old uh, squad leader he gave me his old old spurs that you see behind me 
mm-hmm. right there. Um, when he was when he was first starting out as a cavalry scout, and he's he was one dude that I look up to. I like I looked up to because he was a shit talker, bullshitter, fucking <laughs> came down on you the hardest, dude. He smoked the shit out of you. Yeah, but he always like was like, no, you're wrong and blah blah, blah whatever, and let shit talk all day. But like, let's get it. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Roger Sarn, you know, and if you talk to any one of, one of my squad leaders, and believe me, you can always message them. They'll tell you. They told me after the fact that I got blown up. They're like, hey, man, you were that soldier that we just wanted to punch in the face, dude. <laughs> and obviously, I always I always did that thing where I'm like, you want to punch me in the face right now, don't you? You know, uh... like, to... oh, and, and they would smoke us and all that. Like, I was physically fit so they were they were trying to smoke us or you know the joint the mass smoking and yeah they're like oh you like that you like that blah 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 I'm like roger sergeant you know <laughs> you know just like oh you want to finish negative sergeant like just bullshit you know like yeah and and again it took me for get me to get blown up for my old leadership to be like dude like Believe me, you were that soldier that we wanted to punch in the face and like take to the back. But hey, when it came to when it came to doing the mission and like it's gonna suck and this is what we're gonna do, you just said, Roger, where yeah. do you need me? Where do you need me? If you said do this, I said I said how far? You said green, I said go. Yeah. You said red, I said stop. Like that was that was literally it. And, yeah, you were a soldier, you know what I mean? Like you were doing you were doing what you were and, to do. And so when, yeah, obviously they are telling me all this. And I'm like, well, fuck. You guys, motherfuckers, you guys couldn't tell me this, you know, before. But all right, cool. Here we are, you know, six months after I get blown up. But whatever. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I see them again. Obviously, it boosts me up to push through my therapy again. And obviously, I keep jumping back and forth. But Take here, it, bro. again, again. With my buddy, obviously, 2013, here comes the mid surgeries and, and, uh, um, yeah, it was hard, dude. It was hard going through all those surgeries, going mental, mentally, it was very exhausting. And, and on the, on those medication, I would take like two, three naps during the day. Like, I would just be legit alive and awake watching TV. And then somehow, like, I just get very sleepy, heavy, groggy. Like, I felt nothing. I literally felt nothing. I was just numb. I was. I just felt like a zombie. I'd wake up sometimes throwing up because of, I guess, too much medication. And, yeah. And. And yeah, man, it was, it was hard because again, those first two years of my recovery, it was just nothing but surgeries, nothing but surgeries, and then ready to commit suicide. You know, and and. Um, and I'm just like, what the fuck, you know? And then, um, bunch, bunch of other stuff. And, you know, there, you know, there, again, there I am, you know, and, um, out of the army, I'm getting out of the army soon and. And I'm like, well, damn, what the hell, what the hell am I gonna do? You know, getting out of the army. So I started, like, you know, volunteering here and there, and yeah, um, 
you know, I started doing things just to get out of the house. And, and, um, and, and that's, yeah, that's where I guess, like, I, I just took it upon myself to get off all these medications. Like, I literally, like, went cold turkey on a lot of them. And I was just like, dude, like, this ain't me. Like, this isn't me being this numb, being this yeah. distant, being this non-happy dude like 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 literally nothing i was like mopey and all this like no like so i finally get off all these medications and and slowly start to feel better and you know and that's when uh, my wife and i get married and get married in laguna beach my army buddies come down or uh, uh, my medic and and my two other buddies that I was close to uh, come and uh, we get married and we have a good time and we go to Laguna Beach. We have, you know, we have an even better time. And Fuck yeah. Again, I was trying to, uh, I was inviting my partner to everything that would happen. I would try to invite my partner to, uh, to everything, you know, my wedding and all that. And never wanted to come and, um, so then that's when, uh, you know, obviously I had put in for uh, uh, Homes for Our Troops, so donated my house. Um, I got my house back in June of 2015. Is this right after you got out? Uh, I got out in 2013 of October. Right. And uh, so fast forward, we got my house back in uh, June um June of 2015, we moved to uh, Temecula, and um, that's where, like, I really started putting myself out there on running and stuff, you know, Homes for Our Troops was like, hey, man, we're going to start a running team, you know, do, do you want in? And I'm like, hell yeah, let me try it, you know, and which race do you want to do? I'm like, I'm going to do the half marathon, and these other, ampute- these other amputees were like, oh, let's do it, let's do it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then like couple, like a week before, they're like, nah, man, half marathons, a lot, a lot. And I'm like, I'm still doing it. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to do the 10K. I'm like, all right, cool. So they do the 10K and I do the half marathon and I do it in two hours and 42 minutes. Damn. Um, for not training, not training. I just showed up and, and I did it. And and after that, honest, honestly, it took that to like get me like, really to get back running because even when i was in the middle of my surgeries and stuff i tried to try out for this this soccer team and then then uh i had surgery and then it pushed me back and then it pushed me back and then i i only went to like one game two games and then surgeries pushed me back and then i was being trained to be to run in the paralympics as a, a track runner and then I, that's when I started getting surgeries in my mouth. And then I got an infection in my arm. And so obviously, like, it, it pushed, it kept, like, pushing like, me back. Well, like, like, during these recoveries, like, I keep doing things for myself and it keeps pushing me back, you know? And so I finally, I finally run that half marathon. And, and I'm like, hell yeah, you know, like, it, it, it makes me feel good. And, and you know, um, um, my wife's running it with me. A lot of the amputees are running it. You know that I'm meeting too, and 
and it's cool and and yeah. that's when i get into you know the next year where we run it again and i run all three the 5k 10k and the half marathon and uh back-to-back days and and uh Damn, dude. um i remember uh yeah that was yeah that was in 2016 and that's when i started playing soccer and all this stuff and I start playing soccer for a Temecula league here, and I'm the only, obviously, the only crippled dude playing with a bunch of regular able-bodied dudes. And at least you don't need like guard, league. you know. Yeah, yeah, cost efficiency. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a I mean, but then again, when it, when it came to buying cleats, obviously you gotta buy two. So I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with the left one. Yeah, that's true. But. Uh, I told the lady, I'm like, hey, like, I just want to play. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want you guys to take it easy on me. I don't want no, like, publicity on, like, here sure. we go, you know. You know, you want to be the guy, stand, you know, whatever. So I just want to play. And then, right. So I played for that league for almost two years. And, and, like, every team that we ever played, you know, they were always, like, back up, back up, you know, like, oh, let, let him score, let him do the – What's what's that? Uh, the wish, like uh, let let grant his wish of like scoring. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm like, fool. I'm like, no, fool. I'm like, come at me. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to be. I want to beat you at your best. Like, I want if I beat you, like, like cool. Like, this is you beating. This is you beating me. Yeah. You know, if you beat me, you beat me. If not, yeah. then cool. Like, I just want to be looked at as equal. Yeah. And again, that what we were saying, like when when you were saying like a bunch of amputees kill it, like no, like it's just us being us. Like we we just want to be us. We just want to be treated the same. Like oh shit, yeah. missing arm and leg. Like like Javier again when he first met me. Hey man, you need help? Hey what's up? You, you crippled? Like no, like I could get my own ball. Like I can. Yeah. I can do all this. Like you know, I I got it. I'm good. Like we just want to be looked at as equal. Yeah. Instead of like. You know, growing up, you're like, oh, está malito, don't look at him, or like, yeah. oh, and that. it's not, it's not respectful to look at him. Like, I'd rather people ask me and educate them, you know, than, than not. Like, obviously, a lot of people don't like hearing like, oh, there I was, blood and guts everywhere. Like, I yeah. get it. And obviously, I go according to age limits. On like, oh, I was a soldier, far, far away, I got injured, and right. You know, wherever I come across and whatever. And and again, in soccer, I just, I wanted to be normal. Yeah. I just wanted to run and play soccer. And here I am running half marathons and playing soccer. And then, and then, uh, again, my, my wife and I already had our firstborn, Giovanni, and, um, they were over there when he was old enough to go watch me play because it was cold over there. Um, they'd watch me play and stuff, and and then uh, so it felt good. Obviously, I had my dog there, Bella. She was there with she was there with me through a lot of my surgeries. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you have dogs? You dogs this, dogs that? They're just dogs." And I'm like, honestly, in my darkest days, my dogs saved my life. My dogs, like, were there for me, like, like, even when, when my wife would be at work and stuff, like, my dog would be right there and shit, like, yeah. laying next to me, and I'm like, 
oh my god i'm over here like oh, you know like crying and stuff next to my dog you know i'm like yeah so like, yeah I actually want to ask you something like uh, it's backtracking a little bit, but when you first got out of the, the service, uh, obviously your experience was a little bit different than, than a lot of people. But uh, what would you say was like uh, like some of the most difficult challenges that you faced while transitioning back into this sort of world? I'm sure one of them was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? You know, like. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it, that's what it was like. To me, I was always the person that needed to keep busy you know my family growing up like we always kept busy we were always moving we were always doing things yeah uh, we were always working we we're always like if you if if you're sitting down you're lazy kind of thing like if you're you know like you ain't right if you're sitting you know so you got to be doing something so that's where I, I was telling you i i would volunteer here and there and I, I i worked i worked for a little while to get out of the house and and just to feel normal again and that's where again like it was obviously weird because here i am a disabled person missing an arm and a leg and yeah you know even with service members that i would meet they're like oh yeah like um i'm still in this and that and obviously like obviously like it again at balboa like it kind of sucked obviously hearing like these dudes that are faking their way out or doing all this like asking me how they can get 100 percent and stuff just to sham their way out yeah you know to get ahead and i'm like and i'm like you're asking you're asking me missing an arm and a leg and all these other all these other amputees that get asked that and all that and i'm like dude like we're trying to stay in like we're over here trying to fight you know to get back you know and they're telling us we physically can't because obviously we're over here missing limbs yeah i I remember when i was like i want to stay in as a scout you know and they're like no like you got to Reclass it won't for one you'll never deploy again and two you'll never you can't be a scout and i'm like i'm like all right sign my papers i'm out i can't do this and uh, and they're like well why not like you'll be you'll never deploy man you'll you'll push papers and blah blah, blah. you can stay in and i'm like you think if i wanted to do that i would have done that from the beginning yeah and so that's why i'm like sign my papers take me out i'm out like that's that's all I wanted. I wanted I wanted to be a soldier, and obviously if I can't if I can't soldier, then then I'm out. Right. That's how I looked at it. I was like, if you if you're gonna go to work, give it your best. Like again, like I wanted to be like I wanted to be like that. Like you know, give it your best, and I did. And that's why I'm like, all right, cool. Like if I can't give my best, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just be I'll just be in the back burner. I'll just be a janitor then, for, you know, for the for the military now. You know, instead of you know, do, doing what I, what I was doing. And, uh, and again, that's why, that's where I started picking up running and stuff like that. And I started realizing that it was, uh, helping other veterans too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was slowly, little by little, like, damn dude, like you're missing arm and leg, you're running. Uh, obviously the guys that were going through, uh, mental health, PTSD, stuff like that, the organization that I got, uh, my service dog through, um again they were, they were uh ptsd uh msts and stuff like that and and uh um like there i was you know me and me and the other guy no we're amputees and 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 it was obviously different you know 
Everybody yeah. was looking at us different differently. And again, we could have used that excuse of uh, leave us alone. We, you know, we're missing limb. You know, like uh, again, everybody wants to say Forrest Gump. You know, like yeah. Lieutenant Dan. You know, like again, a, a lot of guys took it that way. And and uh, again, he had no excuse. He had no, or he had every excuse, I guess I should say, to be whoever whoever he wanted to be. Like I could again, like. I could be pissed off. I could have been pissed off at the world and all that, but who would want to be around somebody like that? I was always pissy or sad or mopey or yeah. Regardless, regardless of the approach that I would have taken, like sad, mopey, mad, whatever. Like, you know, like eventually everybody's like, all right, this dude's too crazy. Or like, hey man, this too, this dude, you know, like you, you push it him off. It wouldn't but... change the situation. You know what I mean? If anything, exactly. it, would, it would worsen the situation because it would probably affect your mental health a little bit more and it'd probably fucking get you going and it would just take you in a fucking darker cycle instead of like what you're doing here is like, you know, you see yourself fucking doing, you know, half marathons, 10, 5Ks, 10Ks. Like I'm and, sure all those, think... all those goals that you set for yourself uh, not only help you and your mental health, but I'm sure like uh, you doing all that shit. I think you're setting a great fucking example for other vets, not only amputees, but just other veterans in general who are struggling with like uh, PTSD or any sort of mental health. I think what you're doing is a fucking awesome example to everybody else, man. Honestly. And again, and again, when I was, thank you. And again, when I was getting, when I was getting off those medications, honestly, it took me to be disgusted legit disgusted with myself like who the hell is this guy like who the hell is this mopey around dude like sadness and like cloudy mcgee over here like who the hell is this guy like i need to go back to the guy that i was like before i got blown up you know the the smart ass jokester dude that you know like that everyone wanted to punch in the face when stuff got hard, you know, like when yeah. stuff got hard, I would, just, I would laugh. I'm like, dude, you're, what are you mad about? Like, what can you fix? You know, yeah, like, it fucking gotta sucks. Get it. yeah, yeah, we got to get it. Take a seat and get comfortable, man. Yeah. You know? And, and again, that's why, again, I got disgusted with myself and I, I got off my medications and, you know, uh, uh, again, uh, my wife and I had, had our firstborn and, uh, our firstborn Giovanni and uh, and uh, it was cool. It was you know we we started doing things like that and obviously we had our our ups and downs too and of course you know and then uh, I remember uh, my partner my partner he would only call me usually like around the day we got blown up uh, or every now and then you know when when he like kind of felt like it. Yeah, and I invited him to everything. I invited him to my wedding. I, you know, I try to keep in contact. I would call him, text him. You know, it would always be, you know, whenever he wanted to. So I'd always drop whatever he was doing, and and um, um, um I remember like, uh, he he would he started calling me all of a sudden, like a lot, like FaceTiming me, texting me, and. And I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, hey, how you been? Whatever, blah blah. I'm like, good man, you know. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm good, you know. I'm going, you know. Find, he, after a couple phone calls, he's like, oh, I'm going to counseling finally, you know. And you know, the therapist, you know, told me to talk to you, you know, to help me get through some of my stuff, you know, because I hold a lot of what happened to you and and all that. And you know, my my girl left me and all that, and I'm like. <laughs> 
So I'm like, well, you know, fuck that. You know, you always got me, you know, shit. And I'm like, you know, obviously trying to get get his get his head right. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, be laying na- like lay naked next to you. I'm like, but I'll be there for you, man. You know, yeah. and, and you know, I'm like, you're, I'm always here, and every every time he calls me, man, I always drop whatever the hell I was doing. You know, awesome, um, and uh, uh, yeah, it was cool, and and I remember he called me. He called me. Um, and then, like, I just see, like, him very distraught, very, you know, and, and I, yeah, I, I just told him, like, hey, man, like, let it go, man, you know, you, like, I'm here for you, and, like, you have all of us, and, you know, you have all your buddies, you have all your buddies, you know, you have me, you have, you know, you have everybody and all that, and. Basically, like, nothing is held against him, you know, like, everything was just going to happen yeah. regardless, like, it wasn't anybody's fault, we were there to do a thing, and things happen you know it's 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 nobody's fault at the end of the day man you know shit fucking goes yeah and then uh, and then again he uh i talked to him uh thursday and then he commits suicide on tuesday he commits suicide on tuesday the, the thursday after i talked to him and uh, i remember it was the day after memorial day that year and it was crazy because the american legion had never asked me to uh do a speech for Memorial Day, and I did a, a poem by Tecumseh. Um, you know, like the fear of death, and I said that, and all that, and that was that Monday. And then obviously he commits suicide. He commits suicide Tuesday, and I remember uh, Wednesday morning. I see my phone like I do every morning, see what time it is, and. I see my medic text me and he was like, Hey, call me when you get this. And I'm like, shit. He, you know, he just, he just had his kid not too long ago, you know? So I was like, oh shit, you know, obviously like I was thinking about his kid and he's like, Hey man, you good? I'm like, what happened doc? Like what the hell? Like, you know? And he was like, well, you know, become committed suicide. And I'm like, no, he didn't. And he was like, yeah, he did. And I'm like, all right, doc, like, I love you. I, I'm like, I love you. I'll let you go. And he was like, you good, Q? And I'm like, yeah, doc. I'm like, you know I'm good, dude. I'm like, I promise you I'm good. I just, you know, I just need some time. And then I remember my wife, she just sees me like, she sees this look in my eye and she's like, what happened? And I'm like, pick on coming to suicide. And, and yeah, dude, it, it, it was, still is, obviously. Yeah. Um, what we call our, our live day is coming up on Monday on the 30th. And it would have been nine years. That would have, you know, and... And again, like, obviously, uh, suicide is a topic a lot of people don't want to talk about, and a lot of people don't, man. And and, I, and again, I I, I res- again I respect people's opinions and all that, and 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 all that, but it's something that should be talked about. Should be, you know, and 
And again, like goddess machismo again, I told you how he was, you know, smart ass, whatever, like me and all that. And he, believe me, he, he was, he was a smart ass asshole, man. Believe me. And so was I, so am I. And, 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 uh, yeah, he committed suicide. And then I, my wife was like, well, what do you want to do? Like. And like, well, we're going to a service, you know, like I got, I got to be there. And obviously like with me and him throughout the last four months, we were talking about like where we would go for our 10, 10 year anniversary, which obviously is next year and, and all that. And like, so now I'm finally go, going over there to his house. And I just told my wife, I'm like, I just know it's going to be hard for his family to obviously see me again. Because obviously the last time we saw each other, we were both on the brink of life and death here. And, and, um, and so we go to Oklahoma and we go to a service. And I remember his family was like, well, can you drive his, his truck to the service? And I'm like, it would be my honor to drive his truck. And, and I slept in his room. I slept in his room. I slept in his bed. I, I, I wanted to feel there, like, like if he was there, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like if he was inviting me, you know, to be there and his mom was the one that asked me, like, hey, if you don't mind sleeping in his room, like, go ahead and sleep in his room. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, you know, and, and I remember seeing his two dogs there because he had two labs and he would always make fun of me because I had like Yorkies and stuff. And he's like, I'll get you some real dogs, you know, and. And I'm like, well, my dog can fetch, my dog can fetch, yours can't, you know, because his dogs couldn't fetch to save their lives, apparently. And yeah. so I finally got to meet those dogs and, you know, and it was crazy. And then um, obviously that, that happening and um, came back home and I remember my brother-in-law Obviously, again, suicide is a touchy subject with a lot of people. So everybody was just like, well, you know, just make sure, you know, we're here. Like, just make sure, like, you don't do this. Make sure you don't hurt you. I'm like, dude, like, what? Like, it's yeah. not, you know, like, I don't want to hear that right now. Like, and so, yeah. you know, that's when my brother-in-law sits me down. And obviously, he's he's like, dude, you know, I never talked to you like this. You know, like, we're two old soldiers, you know, two ex-soldiers and like, you know, you know, I'm here for you and obviously I get it and, and you know, I do. And he tells me his stories and he's like, he's like, you know, I was looked at as the crazy one and, you know, like, you know, then just know that I'm here for you and, and I'm proud of you. And I'm like, shit, you know, and, you know, look at all, all what you've done being an amputee and all that. And, you know, and, you know, just remember your homie like I remember mine. And I'm like, you know, remember your brother. Sorry, word it differently. Uh, remember your brother like I, I do. I did mine. And yeah, like obviously that happens. And um, I remember my old commander, my old lieutenant, and a couple of buddies show up to his service, and and. Um, 
I remember commander was like, hey, you know, like small talking it up, like, what you got going on? Are you still running? I'm like, yeah, actually, I have a run in September. So he's like, hey, try to get me signed up. You know, I'll come to California from Tennessee. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come from Cal- I'll come to California to run with you. I'm like, all right, sir. You know, and like, so here we go. Like it was crazy because Homes for Our Troops had asked me back in January, like, hey, dude, like we see you running and playing soccer. Is it cool if we like? make a video of you, you know, since you're doing these things. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You know, we'll record you in September for your run. This was in January. My partner commits suicide in May. Um, in May. And then, uh, then here comes that run. And I'm like, yeah, my old commander's coming. Like, you know, now I'm more, I'm more for it. I'm more like, no, fuck that. Like, like I, I wanna I wanna run this race and my commander's coming and they're gonna make a video of me. Yeah. And it just so happened to fall in line like this again. Like I didn't ask them to, like and and yeah, um Homes for our troops did a, like a black ribbon for my partner because he again he he got a house from them too and so they knew him and they knew me and they knew us because of each other or yeah. they knew our stories because our stories matched each other and we talked about each other and so when that run happened like they gave everybody the, the black ribbons or whatever and my family was there running and my brother my sister my brother-in-law my nephew my wife like everybody was running that run and they had you know everybody's been running those runs you know because of you know supporting you know homes for our troops and there's there's my commander when he comes man and we meet up at the bar right there somewhere in disneyland and we have some drinks and then like we're like hey we're you know we're gonna run a half marathon and i meet his wife and she's like are you guys sure you guys are gonna run like you know tomorrow you know you guys are you guys are drinking tonight you know we're like they don't know like, man yeah. they don't know like, yeah like yeah we got it and yeah and sure enough man there goes me and my commander like running that half marathon and and again he was my our first commander that was there the first half part half of the deployment and uh so obviously he remembers both of us and this this fool man he can me and pecon were the fastest ones in our troop running when we were in the in the peak when we had all our limbs and this fool still beat us both. He beat everybody in our troop because of how fast he was. And he was old as shit. Like, I always called him Clint Eastwood because you know, of how old he yeah. was. <laughs> but I called him a gazelle because of how fast he ran. Yeah. And so he all, there I was, again, that PT test. I was running my best, like, the last 200 yards. And there he is, like, running my fast. And there he is, like, passing me. And I'm like, what the hell? So anyways, we're at that run. And he's just like, oh, you know, let's let's do it for Picone, man. You know, and like, you know, and he could like, come on, cue. Like, every time I, I adjusted my leg or or something, it was just like, come on, cue, let's get it. You know, and I'm like, all right. And, and it was obviously an emotional run because that's all that's all you thought about, you know. And um, and yeah, there was there was my commander and. And I'm like, shit, dude, you know, we did it. And, you know, there was my family and it was a good time. And 
And uh, I see back in 2017, and again now, again looking forward. Um, I've gotten my degree in psychology. Um, actually, when my partner committed suicide, um, I had a two-week break, which was kind of weird because I was doing those like every five-week classes. Yeah. And I never, I never got a break, obviously, because as soon as one week finished, the next Thursday or whatever, they would start again, a new class. And then I had a two-week break because I was starting my core classes, my psychology classes. And that was when he committed suicide. And I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, well, fuck, did I drop out? Like, what the fuck? I'm like, what? You know? And I'm like, nah, I, I got this, you know? And then that's when we, I started doing all my psychology classes and all that and really like Damn. getting to know like Take the book deeper. stuff, the yeah. book stuff, basic, basic book stuff, I guess, of psychology. And uh, obviously I did it as a patient and I did it as my own personal views, I guess. And, and here I am reading it in books and relating it to, to everything, you know, cultural norms, childhood, uh, deployment, um, um, environmental norms, like everything. Like I was putting all my therapy into this bowl. And school, and again, school. I learned. I learned a lot. I learned a little bit. I learned, you know. And I was just like, no, I'm gonna go at it. You know, doing this. Yeah. You know, and I got my degree. Luckily, short after that, and um, now my wife and I have three kids now and uh um and i do what i can again to help uh veterans in a non obviously professional platform because i can't do that um i again i was telling you i don't like being sad i don't like being mad i don't like being angry i like being yeah not happy but i like having a good time i like BSing, I like shit talking. I like you know having a good time. Like I, I that's obviously everything I've ever been through, and and then some. Like a lot of people, obviously looking looking in, is like, oh, well, how can you live like that? How can you? And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to be me, and like, yeah, I mean, how can you? How can you try not to? As long as you know, as long as you know, I'm not doing crack and wearing deodorant and and taking showers, you know, and you know, I I think you don't have to worry, you know, (laughs) you know, like I I um, again my my neighbor Ken, and I know he's probably gonna kill me when he sees this. Like uh, he uh, throughout the last like three years, we've been pretty good friends and stuff. And I remember like honestly him now like. I was playing golf and stuff together. Like I remember, I'm like, oh fuck that! Like, dude, I, I'm like, dude, I didn't play golf with all my limbs. Like, how the hell am I gonna play golf? <laughs> yeah, you know. And I and I participated in a lot of golf tournaments. You know, with uh, this ghost star dad too that I became really close friends with. He lost his son back in 2012, and uh, we've been very good friends. And um, anyways, I participated in a lot of golf tournaments and and. I never played, you know, I never played. And, and so my neighbor was like, let's go golfing. And I'm like, dude, I suck. And he's like, well, so do we, you know, if you're a professional, you're going to be playing with us. So, yeah. So 
So now, like, you know, I, I get out of the house, you know, by playing golf and, and uh, showing my kids how to off-road, you know, they, um, they ride a quad, uh, they're going to be riding a dirt bike here pretty soon, and uh, I have a, I have a, a razor that I take them out on, and I, this, these are all the things that I couldn't even imagine as a child, because um, yeah. my brother and I always wanted, like, off-road vehicles, but we could never afford those or never, you know, never had the luxury of having those. And, and, um, yeah, now having these things, like I, that's like, it's awesome being able to, to see the kids enjoying that and loving that. And, yeah. And, and wanting more, you know, like, like, Oh, like, let, let's do bigger jumps. Let's go faster. And I'm like, dude, you need to slow your roll, dude. Like, yeah. You know, you're, <laughs> here's a burning little kids, you know? And, and again, I have, I have six dogs, two bunnies, a pony, um, and and again, it it it's I've lived I live I've lived more life as an amputee than I have than I did before. I attended first games to you know football games, basketball games, baseball games. Yeah. I never did professional and I never did that any of that before before and I've never ran competitive or not competitively but I've never ran 5k's 10k's and a half marathons for a damn medal yeah you know everybody's paying you know all the all this money for a damn medal I'm like what the hell like, <laughs> like no like I never I never did any of that I you know I played soccer in high school and and stuff like that but I'm like I, I loved running I, I always loved I, I ran for fun and and i again I've, I've had a lot of opportunities presented to me because of this i've met a lot of great people um from being an amputee i've from what people have messaged me or i've talked to um i have came came across a lot of other people that even just seeing me or like hearing my story or even whatever um has helped them and and again like it again a lot of people will consider me or my personality as immature or like oh you haven't grown up yet or whatever i'm like no i'm just trying to live man i, I just yeah. literally want to live like i want to live life enjoy enjoy life like i i just yeah, I want to live. Like I, I want to enjoy the greatness in life. Like, yeah, I would have never thought I'd be playing golf. I never thought I'd be, you know, riding quads and razors and all that, and coming on a podcast. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> my first, my first podcast over here and stuff. You know, like it clearly, clearly very professional over here. Um, you already know. Um, yeah, it. I've uh, again, I've had a lot of opportunities presented to me that I wouldn't have and. And, uh, yeah, like it, uh, again, like I, all I wanted to do was be a soldier and that's yeah. all, that's all I ever, that I ever wanted and all I ever knew. And like, I remember my mom back when the first time I called home and I talked to her, 
And she's like, how is it over there, mijo? I'm like, mom, I'm like, you've been, you've been training me for the army my whole life. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. she was like, she was like, oh my God. And I'm like, you know, for real, mom, like, you know, and I'm like, my brother and I would always like make our little half-ass tents and stuff outside in the front yard and stuff, like with our own blankets and like, like what? Yeah, like, why would you do that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like it, 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 yeah, now, like, now again, like, not that I ever not appreciated living my life, because even in, in Afghanistan, when some of my guys would be like, oh, it makes you appreciate a working toilet, it makes you appreciate a working toilet, I'm like, it literally takes somebody, to, it literally takes for you to see somebody in a worse condition than you are to appreciate a working toilet. I just think it's not something that's at the forefront in everybody's mind. Think about you know, pe- think about people here in the states, man. Think about people here. People complain about the slightest things. Oh, I know. Believe me, I'm yeah. I'm first generation Mexican American. Like, Same here, me, man. Uh, um, my parents were born over there. Were born in Mexico, and my sister was born in Mexico, and my brother and I were born here. And and uh, again, I obviously I have I have I grew up in a very very Mexican Hispanic culture, and and obviously getting blown up and meeting the world and going into the army and meeting people. And I see, I see literally everybody, almost everybody's side. I may not see their shoes, be in their shoes. I'm like, but I see at least the Mexican, Mexican American side, you know, like you can tell, like, like, why are we intimidated by these people? Like, why are we intimidated by white people? Why are, you know, like everybody's bullshitting the same anyways. Like everybody's like, like you know we're all just people again we're all just people like you know like yeah uh yeah like you know again yeah obviously that's a different conversation but you can edit all that out but no i mean um, that's that's what's going on right now with the country man there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of separation going on and i think we do need a little bit more of like hey we're all just fucking we're all just fucking here trying to get along you know trying to get through every fucking day like everybody else you know um, oh yeah, my yeah, we we are man. Again, my my family started off as uh, orange orange pickers in in Fresno Tulare County, and they uh, they uh, opened their restaurant in Cutler, and and luckily my uh, they've had they've had from a total of four uh, family owned Mexican restaurants and. Uh, one of them that I grew up working for, and some of my uncles grew up to be uh, police officers, uh, entrepreneurs, and doing their own business. And and again, they'll tell you themselves that they're they're appreciative of the opportunities that they've had here in 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 America. Obviously, in America uh, and uh, opportunities that they wouldn't have in Mexico. You know, and obviously, everybody comes here for a better life. And yeah. And uh, it's given my family the opportunity to be that. And obviously it gave me the opportunity coming from Cutler, Cutler, California, obviously Tulare County, Fresno County, like there, there really ain't nothing over there, man. And, yeah. and uh, again, it's, it's opportunities. It's, 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 it's choices. People take it it's for granted. It, People take this place for granted for sure. It's choices you make. Again, like if you want to talk about choices, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here 
if it weren't for choices. Leave I would, my life would definitely be different if I wouldn't have chose to do that. And again, it, it's chose to do this, chose to do that. Obviously, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and whatnots. Like, yeah, I was what I was what ifing it a lot. Like at first, throughout my recovery and. And now it's like, well, it's, you know, or even back then, I'm like, well, shit, that shit didn't happen. This happened. That didn't happen. Well, this happened. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, what if, when people are like, well, what if this happened? What if, I'm like, well, it didn't, like, we're still here. Like, this is what's happening. Like, well, what if, well, that's not happening. Like, you know, so. Right. So, again, I guess I got, I got, I got one more question for, for the both of y'all. Um, for people, you know, some of our brothers and sisters, you know, uh, who served and, and, and currently are still serving, who are potentially dealing with any challenges or any struggles, you know, mental health or whether it may be and are potentially contemplating suicide or, uh, you know, are, are on a dark path. What what would you say uh, worked for you whenever you were st- struggling with it? Or what would you say that, you know, somebody that. You know somebody that was dealing with it that it worked for them what's something that you would recommend them do or uh, something that potentially worked for you honestly i've been going through the i've been going through the vet center for years now consistently like five years six years in. and it honestly took a lot of like swallowing your pride swallowing swallowing everything that you ever thought of to like actually like admit that something's wrong with you like it took me a lot, a lot of stuff to finally like, no, like this needs to get addressed. This needs to get addressed. Um, childhood things, uh, service things, uh, um, um, surgery things, medication things. Like, like I don't uh, right now. Uh, uh, like it, it, it's, it's literally like really talking about it. Really getting down to the the neat and greedy, like dirty, you know, the, the dirty stuff that you don't want to talk about. But again, you can't help those that don't want to be helped. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Like I've, I've had a, a buddy blame me for him, for his drug use and, and his, his, oh, what happened to you? Mess me up. That's why I do this. And I'm like, what? Like, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Because of me. Like, dude, I'm like, dude, like, when when am I going to hear you say some good stuff? When am I going to hear you, like, I'm doing this, man, I'm doing that. Like, I get yeah. we all go through our rough patches. I'm like, but, you know, eventually when, when is it going to get better? Like, you know, and. You're trying to say, like, nobody will do it for you. You have to. You know, yeah, you so. honestly, you honestly got to dig, dig down and literally be disgusted with yourself because I guess that's what worked for me. Yeah. And that's what worked for a lot of, a lot of guys where you got to like, who, who the hell is this guy? Like who, like you need to be disgusted with yourself and like, no man, like I, I can't keep putting people through this. I can't keep, you know, like doing that. I guess obviously I'm far from perfect. Obviously I still have my, my flaws and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I have gone through a, a lot of a lot of obstacles and a lot of dark paths and and a lot of things that obviously I'm like, dude, is this gonna keep happening? Is this gonna is there's gonna be no end? Like, is there's no yeah. light on this damn tunnel? But 
again it's it's uh, perception it's it's literally like you see a flat tire like you're gonna fix it or or you're gonna leave it flat you know like you you know like and and obviously it may take you forever to figure it out to get it back to having air but hey like as long as you're working on it right not just fucking yeah, staring it, at it, it and, and and hoping somebody does it for you or or just uh feeling sorry about it uh, i think you you gotta dig deep and 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 push forward and, and take those steps even if they're small steps as long as you're, you're you're taking some steps forward talking to your homies you're talking to your brothers uh reaching out you know um you know i know that's what worked for me when i was in, in my own mind yeah again the mind the mind plays a hell of a trick man on people and and again obviously all these cliche phrases like you are your worst enemy man you are you are literally what you think you want to you want to keep feeling sorry for yourself you want to keep feeling pity you want to keep like well i'm in pain i'm this i'm that like all right well all right cool like you will fall into that that is a thing that is that is a neurological disorder that is a nerve you can physically make yourself sick you can sick, you know yeah. and and um again man like do the things that make you happy like do the thing do the things that you used to do when you were happy if you want to that's what i did you know that's what, like running and soccer like i started there like i want to run and play soccer like and and i would say do that obviously everybody's got their different obstacles everybody's got their different ways of of dealing with things um yeah. everybody's got everybody's got their own way of dealing with trauma and trauma and experiences and whatever um as long as clearly you keep pushing forward and like don't look back look back at what you have accomplished don't go back is what i'm trying to say like look, like you know like what they say two steps forward one step back well look at that one step back and like all right well i already bet i already been there like no, yeah dude. learn from that and, and and just keep you know going forward and again there's some traumas that you can't overcome and i've learned that there's i've learned that from talking to gold star families people that have lost people and like myself obviously and my trauma, my my trauma, and all that. Like it, there's some traumas that you can't overcome, and you got to be okay with that, you know. And you got to be, you know, looking at it optimistic, like glass half full, half empty at at the situation, you know. Like again, everybody recovers from things differently. Like yeah. every, you have your own way of dealing with pain. I have my own way of dealing with pain. Like it, it it's just. Obviously, that's who we are as people, and that's yeah. how who we're, we're going to be. We can't change. We can't change people as much as we can. Obviously, or as much as we want to. Believe me. Um. And uh, all I say again with your question: um, suck up your pride and seek help. You know, and really get into what's really bothering you. What's really like in there and it's gonna hurt you know it's it's gonna it's gonna bring back a that rug that you threw everything underneath and it ain't weakness for you to be talking about it it ain't it ain't making you less of a man or less of a woman you know you you bringing up this experience 
because that's how you get over things. Yeah. That's how, that's really how you get over things like exposure therapy, um, talking about it, being there for other people, being there for yourself, being, you know, other people being there for you, you know, like people in every different stage of recovery, you know, um, again, I've, I've, I've had great talks with that gold star dad that I tell you about, um, by losing his son and he had a great talk, you know, with my brother and I and stuff like that and made, made you look at it, you know, in a different light, you know, he, even with my wife and I, his wife and him, you know, like, like you just, it's just different, you know, and obviously our, our lives are different and nobody will understand. And a lot of it is not wanting them, not that. They're like, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. And like, no, you don't. No, you don't. But again, like it's not their fault because again, again like obviously this is all part of it you know this is like it's not it's hard to make make people understand and feel the way you do and all this and that you can say their story you can you can watch a movie and feel that emotion for that movie and after that they just that's it they they just get over it or like oh yeah cool like that was a sad movie or like oh this this was sad and like Mm -hmm. okay i'm moving on and honking at people in traffic and all this um but again it's what sticks to the rib it's what it's what uh again i try to when i talk obviously it's my first podcast but yeah when i talk to you and regular people i try to use my personality for everything like i can add some hurt i can add some funny stuff i can Mm -hmm. add some some everything into the mix some relating some some cultural stuff some work stuff like everything yeah and the Mexican American, the first generation, the, everything. And that's what I guess everybody's got their own story to tell. Yeah. And again, their story, even though, even though no matter what, will help somebody out, you know, cause obviously everybody's experienced a different life. That's the whole you know, point of this, man. That's, that's, that's the whole point of this is, uh, getting, getting different stories and different experiences and, and how, how you dealt with it differently than Sanchez did. And then how I dealt with it and how I overcame my shit and how you overcame your shit and how that could potentially help somebody who is dealing with the same shit that you were dealing with or similar shit. And, and maybe they could see this in the future. Right. And they're like, Oh, this is what this motherfucker did. This is what I could do. Right. Maybe I'll try that. Like this isn't work for, working for me. Maybe I'll go run fucking half a marathon, you know, like you know things like that. And that's 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 what I'm trying to do with this. Like I, I'm trying to like uh, I'm trying to get different experiences and different stories. And and I'm hoping that if somebody is watching this and that they are struggling with something similar that we've dealt with, or or and they could, they could potentially get something out of it, you know. Honestly, again, like go back to go back to that happy moment in your life, man. You know, like on who you who you were individually, like not who you are, you know, as a husband, as as a brother, as whatever. Like who you are, person personally, like you know, go back to that. Like when you were happy before medication, before the trauma, before this. Like go back to that. And like what made you happy then? Even then, if life sucked back then, like what were you doing to get over it? Like you, you know, you were running, you were playing soccer, you were. Yeah, you were doing the thing, you know, you were crafting, you're riding dirt bikes, you're, you know, whatever, everybody's life is different. Like, 
in a healthy way. Clearly, I'm not saying go do go do some right. you know, yeah, some yeah, crack yeah. And, and all this, you know. But yeah, <laughs> um, you know, like again, and even then, to those people that do do that, like I, I've met, I've known a lot a lot of people that have that have recovered and and pushed on, and again, share their story to help others and like, well, this is, this is who I was and this took over my life and this did that. And, and again, it's trauma. Again, it's, 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 um, it's something that we're going through. It was our rough patch, call it whatever you want. Like everybody calls their thing different, like, but they took it, they, they took it and like, well, this ain't going to get the best of me. Like you, it's cheesy, but you're really never out of the fight. Yeah, you no, know, that's and, that's not cheesy, man. That's that's real. You know why say something? You know why say something negative? You know. Yeah, that's why I wanted to get your two cents on like uh, what you recommended for people and and you know what worked for you and you know uh, I'm sure I'm sure you know this will definitely uh, help whoever sees it if if they're going through their own challenges. Um, uh, Sanchez, do you want to? How, how does uh, how does how does first sergeant say after? Uh, or how does the sergeant major say after the CO? Do you want a pony? Uh, anything to piggyback off? Anything, <laughs> anything you want to piggyback off? Uh, no, nah, man. Just like uh, how you were asking earlier, like what advice I would have to people who are reaching out to seek help and stuff is um, is that you're not the first person to go through it. You know, somebody else has gone through, you know, the same thing or something very similar to what you have. So don't think that you're some isolated incident. And also, if you do seek help, then the next time you have someone coming to you for help, you'll already know exactly where to send them and how to how to help them the best since you've done it before. So that's always a good thing to have. So not only are you doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for somebody else in the future too. That's definitely. that's what I would say. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. you're I think you're you're passing on the uh, the help that you know obviously aided you during your own circumstances, and I think you're just you're just being another helping hand to uh, keep that fucking keep that good shit going, you know. Cycle going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think we need a little bit more of that instead of just uh, being that veteran community or that macho uh, male community that's like ah stop being a pussy or stop doing this, but it's more like yo let's fucking go, you know, let's keep going forward and yeah, you know, let's keep doing things. Um, well, guys, uh, this is definitely the longest podcast I've done, and you know, there's, there's <laughs> fucking... Shit, sorry. no, bro, no, 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 nothing to apologize. Hey, I can talk, dude. I no. can talk, and we can spin it pretty a uh, hundred ways. Man, believe me. Yo, man, no, imagine no, if no. you had some chelas, man, we'd be here till two in the morning. <laughs> that's just me fast forwarding a bunch of shit too. Bro. I know, and I want to, you know, hey, hey, man, this is cool. This, you know, I, I really enjoyed have, it. If you have any, yeah, you need to go to sleep because you guys got work. Uh, Sanchez, shit, we'll have to get you on here uh you know separately as well um but yeah man you know thank you for obviously everything that you've done and and no it's not you know the most normal thing to hear but you know thank you for fucking doing what you've done and you know uh, you know just we appreciate you still being here with everything that you've been to obviously i know it's not easy but you're fucking killing it like i was saying earlier and uh, i'm sure everybody else appreciates you know uh listening to your story and your experiences and and how you over